0: Truck show podcast live from the SEMA show in Las Vegas. Presented by Nissan with support from Duralastparts.com. This week's episodes are powered by banks. We are Las Vegas!
1: You're a good audience, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much.
2: Holman, it is day one live, kind of live, from the SEMA show in Las Vegas. It is the Truck Show Podcast powered by Banks.
3: Uh, it's live because we are here live. Yeah, well, they... But they're be... hearing a recording that we cut out all the bad stuff.
2: No, there's there's no bad stuff. I've, I've left everything in this episode. I
3: That's because you didn't have <laughs> enough time to edit it. Mm. Maybe that's the case. All right, so we are uh, in the Central Hall mm-hmm. in the Truck Show Podcast powered by Banks booth, but we got to thank our friends over at Nissan for, uh, I don't know being our friends for so long. You know, they're at SEMA and we're going to be doing some interviews with them. I know. Well, the so
2: this is day one. The, the, this is 9 a.m. day one. They are just opening the doors and you and I have not had a chance to walk around. Uh, Nissan. No is, one has. No one has. No,
3: no. We have exhibitor badges so we got in the hall early, but uh, 9 o'clock which is uh, two minutes ago. They just opened the doors and people are starting to trickle in. I don't know, looking at our schedule,
2: because it's jam-packed, I see you've booked every possible minute of yes, our day, Yes. and then I have to do
3: an unveiling over in the, uh, the no, no, Amphal booth? You have an uh, hour and 47 minutes for that, plus <laughs> I scheduled you a nine-minute bathroom break, because I'm, I know how you are. I know it's going to be more than five, but less than 10. I, I appreciate that. Yes, so. that's
2: accurate. You know me too well. This is like we're married and disgusting. It, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, kind
3: of like the show. So what I was, it, Yes, it is. All right, so, well,
2: before we start, well, we, wait, should
3: we apologize in advance for no. the low quality of this episode? Uh, we, we have our mobile podcast studio So this is as good as it gets
2: I don't mean the audio quality I mean, uh, yes, oh, us I, would, mean. I
3: was up till 3.30 in the morning Drinking and smoking cigars Because oh it's Vegas God. So I'm definitely going to be off my game today
2: I haven't slept And I sent you this text And you know it to be true That we were building a truck You uh, sent me Locked a text
3: off. 24 hours before you had to be at SEMA And you were putting in a transmission into a frame And the body was off on a cart in the background And we delivered it, we, it The truck is here does it run it does not run. So no. typical SEMA build. Uh, typical do SEMA build, yes.
2: Have, uh, d- but do you have a dark
3: window tint no, uh, on it? No, the interior is in. Awesome. Well, I mean the seats. <laughs> so <laughs> by interior, wheel. you mean a phone book on top yeah. of a uh, milk crate. That's exactly right. Hey, real quick, we have to thank Nissan. Uh, head over to uh, your local Nissan dealer or nissanusa.com where you can uh, check out the new Nissan Frontier, the Nissan Titan. Nissan Titan has the uh, mm-hmm. industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And of course, our friends over at DuralastParts.com. So if uh, you've got a uh, aspirational rust bucket in your backyard, and you need to get on the road so it you're can gonna someday need someday get to SEMA.
2: You're going to need every part that Parts offers. Yes. You're going to need them all.
3: And then this is where we thank
2: uh, the company that I work for, Banks. Uh, founded by Gail Banks back in 1958. Uh, we offer a bevy of products for your full-size pickup truck and some midsize as well. If you're looking to go faster or uh, save some fuel, take a look at Bankspower.com. What
3: if I want to tow harder? Is that a thing, towing yeah, harder? That's right. What if I want to Ooh, sound cool doing it? That's a good tagline, tow harder. Tow harder. Right here. It's going to cost you, though. Uh, how much? I haven't decided yet. Okay. We'll see. Like we'll see how prolific it is. Banks Power tow harder? Hashtag tow
2: harder. Banks tow harder.
3: And and why are hmm. we in the banks booth? Is that because uh, banks will be a sponsor for the next year, the next fifty episodes? Can you believe that? So,
2: it, it was. Do we do the backside of water, as you say? Um, we no. always thought it was kind of no. <laughs> we don't want to do that. I mean, we can. I would come clean. All right. I think it was. Oh, I've always felt kind of weird about being like a conflict of interest because I, I work uh-huh. my day job is for banks, yeah. right? Yeah. And then allegedly, allegedly, right? At least the place you go during all other hours you're not at home with your family, which is most. Right. Which is most. Right. Yeah. And my, and my son Gavin is here. We'll have, have to put him on the mic at some point throughout the week. Uh, we'll have to figure out which one of these 27 mics we have rigged up will uh, will work. I think the center one right okay. here. All our right. guest mic will work. Anyway, so um, we had always talked about bank sponsoring. Like, Sean over here, Holman, would say, Hey, uh, why don't you guys just pick up a sponsor, uh, sponsorship spot? Only and because we talk about you every episode. And I thought, yeah, it's weird because I didn't... Uh, we would pay motor trend and discovery and then it would then I work kind of for the podcast. It's just weird, right? But then you had a conversation with Gail and he was just all up in your grill and yeah. he's like,
3: Hey, why aren't we sponsoring? And I said, because Jay won't do it. And he said, What? What what does it cost? What do I need? And I said, Gail, here's everything we can do. He goes, Well I want to do it for a year. And I went, All right. Right. And then I told you and you went, What? It was bizarre how it happened, but I
2: am proud that Banks is a sponsor. Now I think Me that too. we're going to want to talk about the Pedal Monster and the Derringer and the 5-inch Monster Exhaust. and we got plenty right, of time for that. And all that stuff, exactly. Right now,
3: though, we have to get ready for our first guest, which is James Fonsbeck from Expedition One. He and I go way back. We did some Jeep builds together back in the day. He's uh, made in the USA, Utah-based company, and they make a bunch of awesome truck bumpers, swing out tire carriers, and all that good stuff. So, All right, well, we've got James Fonsbeck from Expedition One, but, of course, before we get to him, we have to start the show. Let's do it!
2: Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh.
4: It's The Truck Show with your hosts,
2: Lightning and Holman.
5: You guys prefer standing?
3: I don't what, know. Whatever you Those want. seats are a weird height, so for they me, kind I, of weird I sat in I feel it, like I'm down here. And you're a tall guy, so... I'm pretty tall. By the way, James Fonsbeck just walked in as our very first guest at the uh, 2021 SEMA show here in Las Vegas, and he sat in the same seat that I sat in and went... Either the tabletops too tall or the seats are too low. Now, Lightning is the one who set up this booth. Yeah. No. So here's what happened. I called my guy who builds
2: uh, all these booths at, at SEMA. That's what he does. And he goes, I've got the perfect table for you, but I'm it's too. Uh, the the top doesn't work because you guys need to be arched so you can see each other. Right. So I'm going to put a, ta- a top on top of the top.
3: No, no, no. You need and to put so, a top on the bottom to raise the
2: the chairs. That's exactly what I needed to have done.
3: Yeah. And then,
2: oh, Kim at Banks. She went out and got these chairs for they're us. They're beautiful d-
3: chairs, director's chairs. I'm not saying anything, but about but they're
2: the chairs. six inches too low for this tabletop. Yeah.
3: So I have a feeling I'm standing for about nine hours today. Yeah. I, so James, yeah. sorry in
5: advance. No, it's fine. I, <laughs> I I I completely agree with everything you just said. So. Okay. Okay. Right, cause cause as our first guest, uh, what would you rank our booth on a scale of one to five? Well, actually, it's pretty nice. Oh, I mean, right. I w- I would give it. I'd give it a at
3: least a three and a half okay I, I, you know did you a see t- my copious amount of zip ties to try and make sure the cables weren't everywhere
5: i mean that's a nice touch right hey man cable management is the problem <laughs> well, we the, all the face the fact that he right? knew the word the, yeah. the phrase cable management speaks volumes yeah. the uh,
3: phrase that pays today is
5: cable it, management it is it's the it's the challenge we will all face for the rest of our lives it seems like you know
3: what i mean <laughs> uh until well you know car plays wireless on a bunch of trucks and stuff now so i like that mm-hmm. that, that is that, nice that's a uh, you know you don't have a bunch of wires hanging out of your dash.
2: And what do you guys do for cable management on your bumpers and stuff? You got lights all in there, so are you, some companies have a lot of provisions for those? Others, they just you've got to go buy that crap plastic wire loom and hope no one can see it.
5: Yeah, no. So for us, basically, it's it's kind of a good luck on that one. But <laughs> we're, we're doing we're doing we're doing more with as I'm most of our new designs. A lot of our new designs, I'm doing stuff so you can incorporate locations where you can actually zip tie things in. Um, And it's basically the best you can do right now is just offer holes and locations in there where they can zip tie stuff across. The hard part about it is um, is now you're getting so many more things like your sensors and stuff like that. There's so much more that's coming into a bumper. And now you're having to manage not only... Because most people want those sensors, right? Back in the day, back in the good old days, right? When bumpers were easy. Yeah, it was like nobody cared. It was like everyone's like there was this testosterone... Thing. Take I, it all off. It, I just yeah. want a big <laughs> old bumper. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, I don't care about that stuff. I don't need yeah. that. Now it's like everyone's like, well, I, if I back I, up
3: and hit something, <laughs> I'll just crush it. Well, you didn't yeah, need yeah. to be there. They don't want all the lights on the dash that come with it either, right? So like that's part of it.
5: Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it's. They just every creature comfort that comes with the car, they want it to work right it's just how it is i don't know if it's just generationally everyone got old or what what the yes, deal is you know that's what I mean? exactly what
3: happened is we've all gotten old now cuz i'm looking at your
2: your dual swing uh rear bumper for uh, like the uh, tacoma yeah and that's like origami the way it folds open and that has to be like all designed in CAD. There's no way someone just fabricated that from scratch. No,
5: 100%. Everything has to be designed in CAD, and we use the most updated software to
3: to get it all right as best as we can. So I remember James when he was building bumpers from cardboard templates back in a... Dark, dank shop with. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no,
2: I'm, it's not cardboard. It's chipboard. Oh, I'm board. sorry. Chipboard. Exactly right.
3: And now I, you know, we've known each other for probably Jesus got to be over 15 years now. Yep. And we've done some builds together over the years. And I love his product. It's always been a great. Like I love the aesthetic, the design. Um, and I'm looking at the stuff you offer now, dude. It's like, like, level up, level up, level up. Like you're, I know how many generations further on are you since some of the early stuff that I ran? And it's awesome. I mean, Ram Rear Tire Carrier, look at the Ram Front Bumper, that thing's cool. You have stuff for Lexus, Mercedes Sprinter vans, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're doing everything now. We
5: are, yeah. I mean, we're really trying to branch to hit as much as we can. I mean, um, and it's been, it's worked really good for us. Like our our whole method and technique has been driven by, let's figure out how we can manufacture stuff really good, really precise but lower volumes, right? Right. Where a lot of companies, if, if you see them, a lot of bumper manufacturers out there, their their goal is volume. So they're trying to make it quick and
3: easy. And it doesn't and fit. There's a lot a of lot bumpers of times, out yeah, there. And, and I, I frequent a lot of uh, Facebook uh, groups of different vehicles, because I like to see what's going on in the aftermarket. And it's appalling how much stuff somebody gets Still. and does not even line up. And there's really no excuse for that today.
5: Yeah, no, there, there really isn't. Um, I'm, I am I see that, too, on occasion, and it does surprise me. I mean, <clears throat> there is part of it that you've got you've to respect that you think the OEM vehicle that you're actually working off of is super is precise. Yeah, and
3: it's not. And it's not. J- jigs change over time, oh, and yeah. a lot of people don't know this, but the tooling at the plant evolves, and, mm-hmm. add, and, and tools wear out. So at the end of a run, you're going to have looser tolerances than you do at the beginning of a run, and a lot of these manufacturers now they will have laser measuring. They will pull a frame or a body off the line at a certain point. a mm-hmm. laser measures everything, and if it's out of spec, that tool gets replaced or reworked. And yeah. so, everybody thinks, oh, it's mass produced, they're all the same. Well, they're
5: really not all the same. They're not. I've I've measured, I've taken two trucks side by side, I'm not gonna name names, but I've done this multiple times, and just taken measurements to see what the variation is, and I've been blown away, I've seen tolerance. Variation between frames as far as one inch. An inch. I'm That's not a even lot. kidding. Yeah, it, bl- it blew my mind. This is yeah. it was on a 20. I, I was measuring a 2011 and a 2012. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna same, name the manufacturer, but it was same vehicle yeah. side by side. We were like, why isn't this working? And then we measured. We we're like, hey, these are both new vehicles. Yeah. And one They're inch. That far off. I yeah. wonder
2: if that happens in the process where right before they do that laser alignment and check the tool. It like because it starts getting more out of spec, more out of spec, more out of mm-hmm. spec, and then they change the tool. Right before they go in and check the tool, it's it's that's for that inch, you yeah. know, yeah, out yeah, of square, there's right. those
3: vehicles that get out the door before they get to a check. Point. And so
2: that sucks for you because you've got to accommodate that. Like you ha- yeah. instead or of Or have having an angry a, customer. Or, or mm-hmm. instead of having a round bolt hole, you gotta slot everything, right? Oh yeah,
5: no, and and we do, we do just by nature of it, just because it's like, so I know what my variation can be already, right? because tolerances you can get as good as you can get right with the with precision machining but and it gets better every every year there's the technology is getting better but still you have to account for that possibility you also have people that are in the process that are making the parts you got to recognize where they might be making a mistake so you have to you have to design it in such a way where you can allow for those variation but then you have got to multiply that with the fact that the oes themselves have the same thing going on right and so when they do it you've got to make sure that um you're you're gonna have a good fit when people try to put this on their car because that's the other part of it too is it's no longer a shop right shops that are used to installing stuff over and over and over they're used to this stuff right you get a mechanic that's dealt with it over and over he's he knows how to deal with it but now you're getting so many people that are wanting just to do it, it do, on do the it your own. Yeah. Yep. yeah,
3: and they don't know the tricks of the trade or what needs to be shimmed or mm-hmm. or what bolt to do sometimes it depends the order of bolts that you put a bumper on yeah. it have a lot to do with whether a bumper fits or dude, not dude order mm-hmm. of operation is crazy on uh, the truck that we just built
2: if you go one piece I saw out of you, order I saw you trying to put the transmission through the floor of the cab I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. I'm just, but it is crazy. And if you and there are people that just don't follow directions. They just dump all the bolts on the oh, floor yeah. and they just start assembling. Is their name lightning? No, I don't do that. <laughs> okay. Actually, we'll read. The, I, I will read the directions. But do you follow
5: them? Reading and following? No, I totally they, dismiss them. Yeah, of, course, of course. No, I'm like, I'm smarter no. than the guy that wrote those. <laughs> I got to admit, I have the same problem. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to read through them. And then I'm like, OK, I really need to read. Or the guy things. who wrote
3: them, you're like, oh, no. No, 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 no you don't know yeah. what you're talking about. I mean, there's two
5: schools of guys like with Legos, right, when you kid
2: you either i liked reading the directions because then it turned out how it looked on the box yeah then there are other times you're like screw it and you just dump them out and you build exactly it was supposed to be a castle and you made a spaceship
3: you know like spaceships were just as cool as a castle right even cooler sometimes yeah so james what makes expedition one different and why if i'm in the market with a jeep toyota lexus mercedes ram gmc chevrolet nissan or ford should i go to ExpeditionOneStore.com and buy one of your amazingly awesome, precise, beautiful, durable bumpers. Well, I think you just kind of said it, didn't you, at the end,
5: <laughs> right there? Amazing, beautiful, precise, and durable. Yeah, no. Everything we make, everything I design, and I, I do
3: the design of pretty much everything. You, you guys you are a family business that yeah. has literally grown from a garage making onesie-twosie bumpers yep. to a manufacturing facility in Utah. Yeah, yeah. All we, Made in the USA, everything. I mean, you. I, I have been so amazed and stoked to watch your success over the years, to watch the company grow, and just super proud of you guys, but I think we don't mention that enough. This is a family. You guys own it. Oh, yeah.
5: Yeah. No your deal. You, yeah. you,
3: you brought it up as a, as a baby bumper company, and now it's like a big, like, teenager playing center on the football team in high school or something.
2: <laughs> James, what's, oh. what's your background? Are you
5: a mechanical engineer? Yeah, yeah. So not to get too deep into my background, but I, I started college off to do um, medical stuff. That's was my th- I wanted to become a doctor. So I was working on, I studied microbiology. And uh, with a pre-med emphasis, and that's what I was going to do. And then when I, when I was about, I started hanging around with doctors doing like, uh, I can't remember what you call them, but anyway, go to the ER and just shadow a doctor like right. for a day and stuff like that. And the more and more I did it, the more I saw kind of like what the system was. And it wasn't what I thought it was, and I saw the challenges that were coming. My dad, who is my business partner, did interestingly enough, did it seem like a
2: enough, conveyor belt of just humans coming through being operated
5: on? It was it was hard to watch, man. Like I went, I spent the time in an, in, the, in the ER, and I remember one day when I'm in the ER, I'm watching these people come in, and this lady had been there all day, and they still hadn't been able to help her get out because the tests weren't coming through and stuff like that. And I remember watching the doctor get very angry. And yelling at people, and I remember thinking, <laughs> "That's a wow, tough industry. It and, is." And, and I and asked him. And you looked at
2: the nurse and you said, "I'm going to make bumpers." <laughs> yeah. You <And she laughs> said, "You're
5: going to do what?" It was more like it was more like I had a Jeep, right? And I still uh, I still have this Jeep, right? It's little four cylinder Jeep Wrangler, right? Still have it. Had my Jeep, and I'd been making parts for it, and I started designing things, and I'm like, maybe maybe this isn't where I want to be. And since I had to take all these, which I was terrible at math in high school, and now. I'm taking all these higher level math courses and I'm up into calculus and I'm like, well,
3: wow, I was able to pull this off. You're the guy. That when a high schooler says, well, I don't need calculus, I'll never use it again. You're like, oh, yeah, use oh, it. yeah. by the way, you make a lot of money knowing it. No, yeah, no. <laughs> if kids, go anything, to high school. I can tell calculus. kids. No, yeah.
2: Trigonometry can suck it, but but calculus? No, 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 no. no, 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 no.
5: Trig is fantastic. <laughs> oh, the other way around. Okay. I, I've taken uh, from algebra, trigonometry, all the way through calculus. And, 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 and just to, to make this clear, I failed high school math twice. I had to take night school, and I barely passed. And then it was like, look at you now. Yeah, no, I, I was sitting down with a tutor because I was like, I got to get through one level to get a degree. I had to get through one thing of math. And I was sitting down with an engineer, a friend of mine, and uh, he explained to me, he was like, we were doing a four by four matrix. And he, he explained to me what I was actually doing. And he, you know, because it's just a, a quadrant of yeah. numbers. And he's like, no, you're solving for an area in space right here. And as soon as he did that, and everything became dimensional to me... Math... It was boom. 100% depends on the teacher. Oh, it
3: totally 100% does. depends totally
5: on the, the teacher. Totally does. Yeah, yeah. Kids
2: so, th- so it sounds like he linked the geometry
5: for you with
2: the equation, meaning yeah. you could see it visually. You could yeah. visualize, mm-hmm. like, tangible, almost like you're wearing 3D goggles, right? Yeah. I can see the oh. light bulb going oh, off. Oh, no, it's yeah. Me. It, it was the best
5: thing when? ever. And then, when?
3: Give me a date and time. Um, <laughs> That would have been 88. <laughs> yeah. All right, listen. If you want to uh, visualize a uh, Expedition1 bumper on your uh, truck, van, yeah. SUV, yep. Jeep, expedition1store.com. Did, th- did I cover all that? expedition yeah, one Store. Yes. You yeah, I think we covered most of it, yeah. Uh, or you guys have uh, social at expedition1, expedition-1, right? Or underscore yeah. one. Yeah. No, right y- so we have
5: expedition1.com, which will just take you to our main primary site, and then I think on the social, so Facebook, I can't remember. I think it's just expedition1. Um, I mean, look, just Instagram is Expedition-1. Yeah, dash yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. It was spelled out. O-N-E. So. O-N-E, if yeah.
2: If you Google it, it will pop up because that's yeah. what I did. It just pops. And me, it pops right y- up. Exactly.
3: Now, you guys have a killer website, killer products. Again, couldn't be happier for your success. And uh, Thank you. Glad you could come and hang out with us for a little bit. Yeah, it was cool. We'll we should sure. do an extended let's remix a, version of this. Yeah, let's yeah. do a longer one. Yeah. We can definitely do that. Because this is like the well, SEMA version. Well, so. yeah.
2: Holman over here schedules every, we have an interview every 13 minutes or something. And it's insane. Yeah.
5: We're going to go back to our hotel. Because we love our listeners. It's quantity, right? You're getting quantity That's right. right? Yeah, we'll do quality later. (laughs) We we never... You you know the show. We don't care about quality. (laughs) You guys are great.
2: Okay, so this next interview is where Holman is going to need a a drool cup from a dentist's office. Because this is where he's going to go, I love Dometic. So much, yeah. I, I have their products. Listen,
3: right? If you're if you're a truck person, you have a trailer, an RV. You've ever stayed in a hotel room, you have interacted with the medic products. You just don't know it. They're prolific and they do all sorts of stuff. Whether it's a uh, uh, fridge, I guess the most famous would be their their well, I, portable I knew, fridges for overlanding. So I
2: had a Super C class, uh, Super C, I think it was, yeah, a, a weekend warrior toy hauler. And it had the the top-of-the-line Dometic fridge. Yeah. Which, before, everyone I've ever owned sucked. Right. They never worked. The propane, electrical, uh, electricity bypass when they go between propane-powered or, like, it never toggled right, and my food was always spoiled. The cheese always had mold on it. The wife was always throwing stuff away. That had
3: nothing to do with your fridge, and just you kept... Putting old cheese in there—it's possible. Yeah, it's—I mean, it's me after all.
2: But then we get the new one. It comes with a Dometic because we
3: went full tilt on everything, and no more spoiled cheese. Well, we've got Chris Ryan here from Dometic, and I'm a big fan. I've got the CFX three forty-five fridge in my Jeep that I take everywhere. And this, everybody knows the CFX three line is the the newest generation of fridges, and you guys have them in all sizes, up to like four hundred and fifty or something like yeah. that. I mean, there's something that carries like, a, you know, I think two thousand bottles. Uh, you, it'll make your Jeep bottom out the suspension in the back, but damn it, it's huge. Two thousand? No, <laughs> it's just it's it's the whole width of your Jeep. Do they have one for and a have, keg? Do they, you guys make a keg water? No, but they have one that makes ice. <gasps> what? Yeah, so they have the yeah. IM model on the fifty-five. Can we can we,
2: can we borrow one for this booth? Like right now, because we've got product? a few
4: extras over in the booth. Oh, yeah, yeah I like we that. use that. Yes,
2: <laughs> you got a couple cases of Dr. Pepper here. You can see. With drop no it in way of <laughs> making no it cold. Make them cold. That's why they're in the box still. I, know. Exactly. Oh I know. So, what are you doing over at Dometic? Tell us about what you guys are debuting this year.
4: Ah, so we're we're debuting the Ford CCFT, which is an available product now, and then we're also debuting the GM model for 2019 awesome. and up Silverado 1500s and 2020 and newer. Um, HD trucks. So that's the drop-in fridge. I don't know if you remember, but into the so, center console. Yeah,
3: Dometic oh. reached out to me a while back, and they had a prototype, and they said, "Hey, we want to give you this early production one to do a story on." Uh, and we did it in a Raptor. Super easy install, um, plug and play. Drill a couple of holes on the inner wall of the console. The whole thing slides in, plugs in. So and you does have this
2: to... does this bolt into the center console so it's it's rock
3: solid? It's a it's like, it's a, pressure, like a pressure fit. Oh, and so it doesn't move at all. When you open your console lid, boom, you've got cold drinks in there.
4: Yep. There's two little quarter turn tabs in the front that capture it, they hold the bin down in, and yeah, it's rock solid. Two foam spacers kind of keep it snug to the side walls of the console. Okay. And this is, you know, generous capacity 12 can in the Ford. 12, can. 12, 12 cans. 12 cans. We've,
2: yeah. I mean, that's... now. it's like a day. The normal uh, size cans or the taller monster cans? The
4: normal size cans. Okay. Got yeah, it. Right. Well,
3: still, that's, but, yeah. but if you go with the skinny Red Bull cans, it's like 18.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, no, no. no Red Pack and full. I'm a monster guy. <laughs> yes. <You're> driving... <laughs> so, and I'll tell you, we installed that on a uh, on a 20, I think it was a 2018 Raptor. And the guy who we installed it in his truck goes down to the Baja 1000 and chased. And not only was he the envy of everybody, because it's Mexico, he's pulling out cold beers, let's be honest, um, but no issues with it whatsoever, no issues with battery drain. Uh, it just it just worked. Didn't rattle loose and fly up over the whoops. I mean, it's a solid product, how, and I was really impressed with it.
2: How do you make, electrically, how do you make a refrigerator, which are, fridges are notorious for being giant power sucks, right? Yep. How do you
4: make it efficient? Like, by what technology? so it's the compressor controller and making sure you know we're um, you know not having this thing run all the time so being smart about the temperature set point um, making sure that uh, our refrigerant charge is on point you know dometic has years of experience in refrigeration as you mentioned Um, so we wanted to bring that and make it a nice efficient compressor powered center console refrigerator. So, and that's important that I mentioned compressor power. Compressor power, yeah. This isn't a Peltier element that's going to give you a a temperature deficit or differential from um, ambient, you know. So if it's 100 degrees... You
3: can make icy cold beverages in there.
4: Yes. If it's 100 degrees out, we're talking this thing's going to be 37 degrees in your center console. Yeah. You know, keeping... Your Red Bulls and beverages, and it's great Monsters. for sandwiches. Dr. Now, Bevers.
2: where is it, Chris? Where is
4: it exhausting? Because what is it heating up the passengers' knees behind, or so the whole the three and a half inch hole that you're cutting in the front of the console bin? Um, it's just blowing air into that cavity that's in there. So it's not actually going into the airstream that's you know heating or cooling the passengers. It's kind of going into that uh, the tunnel, if you will. Yeah, Think
3: of where your uh, shifter is. Yeah. And the shifter isn't connected to the transmission. It's all electronic. So right. the shifter's up high where your so you hand can reach it. you've got there. dead space in there. And there's dead space. It's just blowing it. into the dead space. Okay.
4: Yeah, that's smart. And it, the and temperature it, rise in there really isn't significant at all.
3: And it okay. pl- plugs right in to the 12-volt power point that's in there and runs the fridge. And talking about efficiency, like on my Dometic, so on my big fridge, figure... This is the it, one in the back of your Jeep? Yeah, once it's cold, right, I'm maybe between 0.8 and 1.2... Uh, amp hours an hour that's you know so for if you have a you know 45 amp hour battery that's a weekend right so i'm imagining the the smaller fridge is even more efficient than that because it's not running all the time yeah it's on the
4: lower end of that uh, yeah. 0.8 yeah 0.7 so i mean
3: to me having kids or went to mexico and uh, chasing the race or something very few things as awesome as pulling out something ice cold Right out of the. Uh, well, imagine the
2: truck. going fishing, you know, on some like. Uh, putting your bass a... in there? Well, no, no, no. no. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, we've all gone fishing, sitting on the beach or wherever you're going, at, you know, on some, off some bridge, and soon, when the ice is melted, your sandwich ice gets soggy. It's gross. Yeah.
4: Right, this solves all that. Yeah, so it's, it's great for kind of the overlanding, great for being outdoors, camping, um, but also in the commercial space. You know, contractors that are going to a job site, leaving it like seven o'clock in the morning on the road, you know, driving and there's, there's, you know, at this remote job site for the day. Um, and they want to keep their sandwich cold and not have to run out to the gas station in a place where they're probably not too familiar with. So it's uh, you know incredibly valuable for them. So what's the price point of the fridges for the Ford and the GM? $599 for the Ford. The GM we're still working on the developments and firming all of that up but expect a very similar price point there. Uh, looking at Q1 of next year-ish? Q1-ish is <laughs> tentative you know we're <laughs> we're dealing with some of the COVID delays. As sure. as Supply as chain as everybody is all screwed up. Yeah exactly. it's making a little bit more challenging but we're pushing extremely hard um, to have kind of the full offering you know uh, trucks are a great candidate. The size of the consoles are, you know, very good size to be able to get, you know, five, six bottles or more in there. So we're really trying to target those vehicles to start, um, and then kind of see where it goes. You know, so making sure we we grab the Ford, the GM, and uh, the Dodges and Rams, and making a product that kind of. Services the entire truck market.
2: Chris, are these made? Uh, are they designed to be installed in someone's garage, or do I need to go to a professional installer?
4: Uh, I installed one in the driveway. The Ford is very easy. The GM's a little bit trickier because um, I did pull the 12 volt socket out of the inside oh, of the console, of so we are, you know, taking it from the back panel. Got it. Yeah. Um, and using that, but uh, I would say it's it's comparable. I mean, I, I literally
3: handy, once I got the right hole saw for my drill to drill the hole through the console mm-hmm. through the inner wall. So that was a
2: trip to Home Depot or those. Yeah.
3: So I'm guessing it took me 40 minutes from start to
4: finish. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That, not was, was not to easy. drill the hole
3: to do everything. To do everything. Oh damn. To do
4: everything. Yeah. Yeah. And expect about a similar time for the GM. I would say maybe an extra 10 or 15 minutes just because of the wiring okay. difference. Just the wiring. And
2: difference. where are we shopping for these new fridges? The uh, the one that the Ford that's out and the GM that's coming.
4: Yeah, Dometic.com. So you can find them there. Uh, they're also available on Amazon. And no So kidding. we're working on uh, Amazon.ca, the Canadian Amazon okay. site. So it's currently available. Are you Prime?
2: Can I get it tomorrow if I order it for my
4: hotel room tonight? I don't know that it's Prime. <laughs> I'd have to, I'll have to check on it. It's right. okay. He'll He'll get me, back didn't to mean
3: you. to put you on the spot. <laughs> hey, uh, so speaking of Dometic, uh, you guys are buying everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what, what does that mean? What did you buy? What, is what, is what Matt RPR guys? Is he giving me the. I think he's giving me the cut the throat sign over. Oh there. really? Wait, hold on. What's the acquisition? Oh no, he's he said he's just, good. They just closed on Igloo. <gasps>
1: yeah,
2: I mean that's a,
3: that's a pretty big deal. I've never heard of the Igloo. Wait a minute. Yeah, every cooler you ever had I as a know. kid. Right? Wait. So, so now they're in the, the electronically mean, cooled space. Does that mean that you officially or unofficially own every beach in America? Yeah, because exactly. every I mean there's igloos everywhere. So, so if you yeah. need a cooler where there's not power, boom, Dometic has you covered there too.
4: Yeah. Passive coolers, you know, we've got the patrol series that are Dometic branded, and then yeah, we've now got the igloo brand. So I mean, it's that's... a classic I, company with the Playmate, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. What, what was the uh, What was the thought process behind... Do you know? Like, like uh, just, just let's... we the cooling... We cool things. That's what
4: yeah. we do? Leveraging their experience in the industry and in their manufacturing processes. So, I think that's really kind of the premise for going in with that acquisition. Okay. Yeah. So, it's kind of a, an experience, you know, and their experience in passive cooling is... You know, now unmatched. will
2: one become Dometic or one becomes all Igloo or how does that? I don't that foresee work?
4: that oh, happening. Not, no, we're going to keep the brand separate. Yeah, yeah, Igloo is you know such a staple in the cooler industry. Yeah, it'd be I, hard I, to I not would, have Igloo on the shelf yeah.
3: somewhere, right? That, the brand equity I would imagine is pretty good. Exactly. But, but pretty cool. You guys have also uh, gobbled up a few other companies lately, and it's just amazing to see Dometic. And Dometic now has their line of uh, the outdoors products that are coming as well that we saw at Overland Expo. Um, for overlanding, camping, all that. I mean, you guys are just killing it right now with, with product and it's all, I think the thing that I love about Dometic is you guys are really um, industrial design focused and so all the products look good but are really designed to work well with each other. And yeah. I think that's that's pretty cool.
4: It's a blend of uh, form and function.
3: Not just, uh, you
4: know. Not, Make not it just, look pretty and. Yeah sacrifice other functions.
3: Hey, look at my foam block that I have my uh, bass in. No, you guys have an insulated cooler that looks cool. How many
2: times have you seen that broken down, like, cooler out of just that white no, star the walmart phone. one that's all cracked There's in the just, corner and it yet me they
3: them. continue to sell and why Can because just, no, because nobody has a cooler so they go to like the dollar store grab one of those things and then they leave it all, i live at the beach Do you know how many of those are left along the beach yeah people go buy
4: a dometic or an igloo and take it home with you okay and well igloo does forever. have a recycled cooler now as well that Recycle. is like uh, i believe it's compostable and um, they probably yeah, so th- it's kind of solving the issue of yeah these styrofoam broken coolers you see at the beach or my at guess the is they went to
3: Huntington Beach where I live and then gathered them all up and then recycled them to a cool product yeah <laughs> so
4: a, a real focus on sustainability and now, does that mean energy. that I
2: can take the my cooler to the campsite and when I've eaten all the food I can then
4: dig what? a hole and bury it
3: <laughs> <laughs> bury the cooler or light it on fire no 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 you, you, you bury it so next time you go to the beach it's there for you, you just dig it back <laughs> up exactly. yeah,
2: then you don't have to drag no, it down, but down that, from your but car the, the food rotted on the way to the beach then. Because well, I couldn't keep it cool because I didn't have a... That's a new problem. A, oh, that's I'll a you. problem. Yeah. <laughs> you all
4: right, and well, your rotten cheese.
2: This got very meta all of a sudden. <laughs> if, you are,
3: uh, if you're in the market for an awesome console fridge or any other awesome fridge or outdoor products... Listen, so hold on.
2: Go to Dometic.com. I'm talking to the guy with the RV that has that beat, beat, like old school fridge that just it never works right. Dometic.com. I'm, I'm talking you. to the
3: guy with a F-150 or a GM pickup who looks at that massive center console and goes, why can't there be a refrigerator in there? I'm talking to that guy. Okay. Dometic.com.
2: I, I like your guy better than my
3: guy. I like I like him too. My guy's like
2: stoned and hanging out by the beach in it'll beat-up RV. My your, guy's your drinking ice-cold cool. Dr. Pepper. And he's up in the mountains and he's fishing.
3: Away from everybody. Your guy's way cooler than way my Way cooler. Right. But not as cool as Chris is. So, Chris, thanks for joining us on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Enjoy thanks your SEMA.
4: Thanks, guys. You got it. it. Thank you.
3: Alright Holman uh, We've got
2: another guest Coming up and just, I can see him And his handler Rolling up Thomas Carlson From Lightforce That's Force. not his
3: handler That's Matt Glass He's a good friend of mine uh, Where does he work? Uh, for Hater PR Okay And so uh, he's He's excellent At getting us Lots and lots Of different people To come on the show Oh nice so He's our he's, he's a friend of the show Matt you said Matt Alright thank you
2: Matt Appreciate that Thomas come on right, Sit right here the cavalcade of guests continues here at the truck show podcast booth powered by banks i didn't even get a bathroom break yet. Show. no neither did i oh, okay and uh, i need one I, so <laughs> is that why you're dancing over there yeah so thomas i'm going to do the pee dance
0: as Perfect. you as you <laughs> as we interview you
2: yes so light force wow you're all the way out here from australia
0: yep yep so we've been around for over 30 years in australia one of the larger lighting companies there and in the now, US. Wh- where's the accent? I know. I'm I'm faking it
3: right now. <laughs> he, he's he's. Uh, this is his American accent. I see. No, gotcha. uh, Light Force USA has distribution a company here in the states. I know. I was just of busting Light Force him. products. I know about letting our listener know. Um, I've had great experience with Light Force lights over the years. You guys really pioneered a lot of technologies, um, polycarbonate bodies and things like that for rock protection, and the snap-on lenses for different colors. Wait, so color these profiles. are not cheap Chinese junk? Uh, they're actually made in Australia. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's, yeah. And if you know if you know anything about global supply chain, Australia actually has a tremendous electronics industry and makes a ton of like really high-end electronics. And our friends over at Red Arc is a perfect example. Cool. Uh, you know, you guys over at Lightforce. And so um, I always, that's one of the things I always look for. I love the made in Australia because I know that Australia has some really high tolerances for manufacturing.
0: Yep, absolutely. And especially our round lights that we've been kind of known for, we've evolved those on the LED side. And and you're right, the filters that have been popular on the HIDs forever we carry on to the LED side now. And so you can have
3: one light for all kinds of situations. So let's talk about the new light that I saw at Overland Expo West. Mm -hmm. And that was your new hybrid light. Yep, And it's sort of like that's a, a light for hybrid vehicles. It is a imagine if a light bar was circular and then had a big ol' HID in the middle of it. So wait, it's got
0: smaller lights, smaller LEDs around the circumference? Exactly. So it
3: lights up different things, different patterns. So I'll I'll let Thomas explain, but... Yeah,
0: so the newest generation is called our HTX2, and it has two LED rings on the outer uh, part of the the light, and it's equivalent to a 20-inch dual-row light bar. So if you're just going down a trail at, let's say, 50 miles an hour, and you just want some decent light in front of you, those work great. And it puts a really nice, even dispersion pattern out there. And then on a separate switch, you have a 50-watt HID on, on both lights in the center that'll push out past a mile,
3: <laughs> which is, which is amazing. So and yes, <laughs> I brought my I brought my bell. Oh, my God. So
0: uh, you would call that a pencil beam? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh and God, with our filters, you could put yeah. the filter on front of that and, d- and even diffuse that that HID further, so so you have a lot of control depending on where you're driving, how
3: fast you're driving, and and sort of what you're looking for on your beam patterns. That's amazing. I think that's perfect on the type of vehicle that uh, either you don't want a lot of lights, a lot of light bars, you you don't have a lot of real estate up front, maybe your bumper only has two tabs, maybe you don't want to block your grill space with a bunch of different, you got two lights that really serve two purposes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there was a period when every it was kind of a uh, a show of manhood.
2: You know, how big is your light bar, right? <laughs> and it it didn't have to have a good dispersion, a good you know beam pattern. Um, it just it was just I've got you know eighty light bars everywhere. Well, SEMA n- one now, year was
3: eighty light bars. Everything there was no new products. <laughs> it was all how many light bars you can put on a vehicle. Right. But now it's let's use the space wisely let's get the most light
0: in the in the most compact you know package yep. and that's where you guys are specializing yeah and one fun fact about light bars so even like the best 50 inch dual roll bars on the market the effective range of those is only about 500 yards where an htx 2 is over a mile
3: and it's half the size I, I can say from experience that there are good light bars out there i'm not saying that there's not but in my personal experience on things that i've installed i've never been impressed with a light bar output versus a traditional circular light in terms of output. I've always had Correct. a better experience. That's not to say that you can't get a super high end light bar mm-hmm. that will do everything you need to do, yep. but you don't need to go there necessarily yeah
0: Yeah. and they're better for like more diffused light you know from 500 yards and in they're great that's kind of their their main purpose but all of our round lights have really deep reflectors in them so they'll they'll even our genesis which is our kind of bigger round just strictly led pair of lights they're effective out to 1200 yards Wow! so almost double what a 50 inch light bar is and they're like literally you know 10 inches a piece so it's
2: and so does wattage play that big a part or is it the the nature
0: of the reflector or it's the nature of the reflector okay by far like on the round lights you can make deeper reflectors which throw the light farther as well so and the other thing we're known for is not running our LEDs at hundred percent so we put oversized LEDs in there, run them back to like 50, 60%. So they're not getting as hot. They're not burning out prematurely. And and people
3: realize LEDs make a lot of heat. Oh yeah. That's why a lot of them have those big heat sinks on the back of them. And absolutely. I mean, they're, they're no joke in terms of power. I mean, they're more efficient, but you can one bulb versus, you know, 25 LEDs at 100%. That's a that's a lot of uh, that's exactly. a lot of power.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And another thing people don't talk about a lot is the color temperature of LED bars and stuff. A lot of the Amazon specials, you'll yeah. get them, and they're like really blue yeah which is up around like the 7,000 yeah. Kelvin range and you guys are probably around what 4800 five thousand yeah so
3: all of our LEDs are dialed into five thousand so that's a for those who don't know that's a very white light versus 2700 which is like the warm light bulb light you might have in your house yeah incandescent and, right. and then you get into those high 7,000 numbers and again it's really blue it's that blue
2: or purple yeah. or you know that you see like Hondas on the freeway you know like somebody a lower, with like a cheap, a lowered Civic yeah, yeah with, some cheap got the bulb blue yeah <laughs> yeah
0: you don't want you don't want that so five thousand is perfect because that's the closest
3: to daylight, basically, It right? is, yeah.
0: Between 5,000 and 5,500 is what the sun is. So that's what your eyes are used to seeing. And so at nighttime for prolonged drives and stuff, you're still getting that same bandwidth and it's not wearing your eyes out where you're, and s- you're staring at blue. And colors like look different. proper. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. So it helps with your depth perception and just it fatigue, really. You know, if you're driving a lot at night, um, it definitely helps the driver.
3: Now, the nice thing about Australia products, especially for the, those of us in the Western US, is that the terrain is a lot similar, the outback of Australia in the su- Southwest desert. So the same types of environment that these lights were developed for is what you'd find here in the uh, United States. So it's not like you took it out of its element, you brought them here and then now they don't work here, right, I mean, it's it's for the same type of terrain. Absolutely. Could you explain, maybe for a second, filters for us? Uh Because a lot of people, I've seen blue, I've seen yellow, I've seen red, and they all have a different purpose, but I don't know if everybody listening actually knows why you would put a filter, or what what the difference is between? Them. Are you sh-
2: yeah, Homan, Are you talking about the snap-on filter yeah. that goes on the, the yeah, so
3: the, the colored uh, filters that goes over the front of the light to change the the beam color? Yep. So we we have
0: blue, amber. We do have on our sporting line some like green and reds as well. The the blues are designed for snow, okay. snow and ice. So a lot of our customers in, in Canada, Alaska, love blue. And, and it just makes the depth perception with a lot of the snow and the whiteout conditions become less, less whiteout. Okay. Um, amber and yellow, definitely, hands down, great for fog and cutting through fog and dust. Um, red is a, on our sporting side, animals can't see red very well. Oh, So if you're trying to sneak up on any kind of stuff to go hunting or whatever, um, Wildlife photography. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and green is actually the most visible color spectrum of of any light spectrum. So if you're trying to signal or like get someone's attention, green is is the go-to color for no that. No kidding. And uh, and the reason we bounce between green and red on the hunting side is because animals will get used to a certain color and going into a certain area so if you change the color up they're kind of like huh we haven't seen that before and they're not spooked by it oh interesting um so that's why our handheld light our enforcers yeah i had one of those by the way that's what lightning needs wait Wait, so so, dude, I collect flashlights and
3: lasers. Well, what he hates. I have a nice. whole
2: box of crazy. Uh, yeah, so tell me more about well, handheld Well, what's products. funny is nice.
3: is he hates cars where somebody doesn't turn their headlights on. because oh, yeah. uh, We have this argument about is it the DRLs or is it the fact that the lights come on on the dash? Well, yep. he wants a handheld light so that he could signal people <laughs> from his car and point, hey, <laughs> idiot, turn your lights on. So that's, that's what, just so you know what you're about to get it, yourself into. I love it. This is where that's going. I love it. <laughs> That's
2: funny, dude. I will. I if I have a flashlight, I'll flashlight him. I on off on my on my headlights. Yep. I'll do anything. He's only been
3: shot at four or five times.
2: I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm almost willing to be shot at to get people to. T- I I can't. It's just I, I can't get past it. That's awesome. And it's it's. Let me, I have to ask you your opinion. Yeah. The DRLs today are so bright yep. that it's in my opinion
3: that it's you're the no cause. no no you're leading the witness. I know exactly what you're doing here. You're leading the witness. I, okay, all right. We solved this several episodes we ago. We did. We you, did. But I want you to can't bring it. Thomas into this. I can't? No. <laughs> oh. You should ask him about infrared lighting though. Yes. Tell me more. Yes. So uh
0: Lightforce has been involved in the infrared driving lights for a long time, actually. So about 12 years ago, uh, the SEAL teams adopted the Lightforce Striker 170s, which are our, our classic like halogen pair of, pair of lights, and you can put an infrared filter on the front of those. So that was kind of our, our introduction into the infrared uh, driving lights sector. Since then, about two years ago, we launched our infrared strikers, rock lights, kind of a whole lineup of infrared lights designed for civilian users that like to go out at night and go camping and use night vision to law enforcement, military applications, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's just a cool way if you own night vision and you're out camping or you want to drive undetected at night through the mm-hmm. desert, it's, uh, it's a really good way to do that.
3: I uh, once <laughs> was invited, and I can't go too far into too many details, on a trip, with people who brought very large trunks filled with night vision. Mm -hmm. And we blacked out everything, the dashes, the bulbs, everything. And we did a couple very famous trails in a famous part of the country uh, off-road. And there was, uh, the moon was just coming up. And we had a mix of the new ones that are the white and then some of the older green ones. And I will tell you, those things freaking hurt your forehead. You don't even understand how much weight they have on it. we're driving and I always wonder because you'll see these like pictures of like the Coast Guard and the Black Hawk going to go rescue somebody and they got the night vision on or a firefighter and you're going what's depth perception like what you actually get used to it it's fascinating so I was driving a Jeep Uh fully blacked out wearing night vision so you're still seeing shadows and whatnot yeah well I mean if there's shadows to be seen like if the, the moon is out it looks just like daytime um pretty good fidelity and high definition. Yeah. Um, and we rolled up and there was a couple in a Jeep parked off to the side. And all I could see oh, was- Oh, were they going at it? Yes, but, <laughs> oh, yes, but here's, <laughs> here's where it gets funny, is they didn't hear us, see us, whatever, because we're all blacked out. Uh-huh. And we had like five oh, or six if, rigs. If only if you were in electric vehicles. <laughs> no, 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 no. We had five or six rigs. And all I could imagine in my mind was two people for rigs, that's two eyeballs, right? 20 of these things swinging over and if you're in the car doing it and you see you <laughs> a bunch of green lights staring back at you could <laughs> you imagine in the aliens. middle of nowhere to 100% <laughs> I don't know if they I don't know what happened to them but yeah. if somebody looked up they would have been really freaked right out right now that. they're
2: still telling this story
3: yeah they're going dude we saw this line of green and white lights <laughs> we did a night vision driving
0: symposium two years ago right after Overland Expo West in Cinders okay yeah and we had about 10 vehicles did the same thing blacked out the taillights and, and did like a two hour night I drive, and we're coming back down the main fire road. where all kind of the camping area is, and there's this guy walking his dog in the middle of the, the road. And you could tell he hears something, and he kind of looks back. Oh no! And like grabs his dog and kind of runs out of the road <laughs> for a second. And we pull up next to him, and we roll down the window. We all have helmets, night vision, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everything. We're like, we're like, thank you, sir. And we like, just keep going, <laughs> fully blacked out. He literally took off running back to his camper. He did not know what to think. He's like, we're know? being invaded yeah, or something's going, I don't. I just want to go to the safety of my cabin.
2: Yeah, now, na- what does what something like this cost and how can I get one? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> and where do I mount
0: it? Our lights range from about 250 to about 650 for a set of, of infrared driving lights. I'm in. Night vision, PB, like a single tube PBS 14, it runs about 3,000, 3,200. For driving a lot at night, we would recommend dual tube goggles so you so you have true depth perception, and those start at like six thousand five hundred to to eight thousand. Fun fact though. Now, do
2: I have to use your this is a dumb question? I'm yeah. sorry, but yep. do I have to use your goggles with your nope. lights?
0: Nope. you can okay. use any sort of night vision goggle okay. from any company. Okay. Yep. Yep. And they hold their value. They're they're kind of like.
3: Yeah, when you're done, you kind of get your, money's ba- yeah, your money like back. Firearms,
0: yeah, like firearms, jewelry, all that yeah. stuff. It, it somewhat holds its value. Yeah. So if you get into it, you can get out of it at the same, same tier pretty much. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a cool capability to have when you're out camping. You said you were
3: going to give us a fun fact right before lightning interrupted I you so rudely. I'm, I'm bad with interruptions. Oh, I forgot. You
0: said fun fact <laughs> about night vision or <laughs> right. infrared. And,
3: and then lightning just went off on a tangent. Oh, I'll talk about color spectrum. Oh, okay. So, f- so,
0: so there's 850 nanometer okay. and 940 nanometer. 850 is a brighter version of infrared light, but you can see a little red glow coming from the front of the lights. Okay. If you go to 940, you can't see any from the naked eye. You can't see any. So red So one is at like
3: all. when I go on a Disneyland ride and they got the infrared cameras on the dark rides. And you see the little red. The dun- red. That's yep. what that is. Yep.
0: So we we do both spectrums depending on like how covert you want to be. Um, 940. Very
3: covert. I want to sneak up on lightning and scare him. <laughs> Again? True. Yes. Okay. Just <laughs> in a different way. I see. That's awesome. All right. Well, cool. uh, that's Thomas Carlson
2: with Lightforce. So Wait, you didn't say where we go to to see all this neat gear. Well, that's gear. what I was doing right oh, now. I yeah. didn't realize you were so, getting to that.
3: Uh, so, at Lightforce underscore USA on Instagram and easylightforce.com. Uh, check out really high-end, really good quality Australian-made lights for your overland or off-road rig or... Uh, Covert missions you might be doing on the DL, I don't know. Whatever you Life Force has what you need and we appreciate you stopping by the booth. Yeah. Would, I'm gonna
2: put you on the spot. Would yeah. you loan us a set? Just a loan. We don't need to own. Just yeah. loan us a set for Holman and I to go on a mission. Absolutely. What's, what's Absolutely. the mission? I can't tell you just yet. It's covert. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Awesome.
3: Holman, 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 do we get to talk air suspension? Do we, do we, do we? Uh, we this this goes in line with the towisode that we keep promising people that we never deliver. on. We're
2: never going to pay off on that, are we? No,
3: but uh, someone
2: just, just there was a uh, I don't know a, a meme that went around a couple days ago, and I was showing, talking to my, one of my buddies about it, and he goes, "That wouldn't happen if you guys." Oh, it's a meme of some, a guy getting sideways with his trailer, just yeah. totally tacoing his trailer and destroying it, oh, yeah. and didn't understand how to properly weight the trailer, yeah. do all this stuff, and he says, "You know that wouldn't happen if you guys have had your towisode by now." Yeah, well. We keep I,
3: I was coming yeah. out here on the 15, and I saw Tacoma, literally, on the bump stops towing a big trailer, bed loaded, headlights at the sky. And I'm like, man, if you only had a set of load bags. Oh, it,
2: w- it wasn't the uh, the Carolina lean. Uh,
3: it was the no, it was the Carolina squat. The squat. Yeah, yeah, except this actually had stuff in it. Normally, the Carolina squat is an air hauler, unloaded that right? has you know, no function at all. Uh, we have Matt DeWitt from Airlift Company who has entered the podcast. Uh, uh, what is it, Thunderdome? It's the, uh, our, the <laughs> a weird
2: Thunderdome. That would be awesome.
3: Podcast yeah. Thunderdome.
2: No, it's say uh, the, uh, the, the truck show
3: podcast powered by Banks Booth right here. That's like the Thunderdome. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, SEMA, we know we haven't been here in two years. Yeah. Everybody's back is awesome, uh, right?
6: It is fantastic to be here. I mean, just uh, the energy and, and seeing, you know, just being able to shake hands again with people, right? It's awesome. You know, awesome. What? it was weird. So there was a lot of smack
2: talkers that say, oh, it's going to suck this year. COVID <laughs> Lightning. <is>. You have <laughs> BS. I did not say that. You were like, it's so thin. There's not going to be any. And I'm like, dude, it's going to be great. N- oh, yeah. So I was concerned because there were a lot of people who don't like to do the show because it causes them to work. It, it, <laughs> no, it does. Like, you have to get your boots. you terrible. It a lot of money. <laughs> And for a lot of companies, they don't know what the return on investment is. There's, It's just you have to jump through a lot of hoops to come to the show. But if you're in the aftermarket, you make parts for just about any vehicle on the road. You have to be here. You should be. it matters. You, it does matter. It, you should be here. And there's a lot of people that just burn out on it. And so they're the smack talkers that go, eh, I'm not going to go COVID and mass and this and that. And there's people drop out and they cite one company that pulled out, you know, like a that had all their brands. On, yeah. You know, something like that. Anyway, and then it starts this, this, like, everyone starts talking about it. I'm like, no, it's going to be good, I promise. And here we are, and we're surrounded by people. And it's, it's like a normal SEMA. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's like a normal SEMA.
3: Yeah. Just, I, I love seeing everybody. Just walking in today, I probably saw 15 people I knew, and <laughs> I haven't seen in two years. So. Now,
2: now, Matt, where's your where's the airlift booth? Uh, you're in uh, so we're hall? Yeah, we're over, actually, in the uh, the truck hall.
3: So. Oh, oh the, the new West Hall Mansion. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. haven't been
6: there yet. So you got to take the Teslas through the tunnel. And, How uh, is that? Is that weird, being on the Hyperloop? It is a little weird. You know, they've got the lights going, and you're in the Tesla. Really Music? Uh, I don't remember music. It just seems like there would be
3: some weird ambient music of, like, space stuff or something.
6: It, yeah, it, it feels like there should be, but, uh, yeah, if there was music, I don't remember. And
3: so, can you, you can, basically, they took the boring machine, mm-hmm. and they bored a tunnel from the Central Hall, right where we are, outside, there's a station, through to the West Hall, yeah. and there's a Hyperloop thing that goes in there, and... When they showed the boring machine outside the convention center, that we're installing this, I thought that's odd. So, can you? Is it riding only? Can you walk next to it? Like uh, you
6: know? no, it's it's riding only because those tunnels. There's not a lot of extra space. So, it's, uh, is it it's, fast? Yeah, it's fast. I mean, we, we, we uh, asked our driver how, how fast yeah. can you get these yeah, things yeah, yeah. going. He I mean he got it up to sixty or so in the tunnel. I mean which, that's
3: that's pretty fast for. I mean it's got to be less than an eighth mile. Oh or yeah, possibly, it's, it's not very long not long. So it's on
2: it's on a track. It's, and it, it's, no, it's, it's like a it's, ba- just, it's like
3: when you go to the bank and they have those acrylic tubes and they put your yeah. money in. they fire. Yeah. That's that, what that's it is. What he said, but for people, but
2: yeah. Well, you said there's a driver.
6: There is a driver. Why? I, I think they're supposed to take the driver away eventually. Okay. But uh, right now they've got a driver. R and D at uh, SEMA. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it would so. be the
3: first time.
2: So getting back to our original topic, the the, the um, the people who don't know how to tow or
3: they're accidentally doing the uh, the Carolina squat, <laughs> Or how about the people who just don't know what their load rating for payload is or oh. don't know how to set up a trailer or maybe they're on the edge of, of being acceptable but they need to get back into having a little more reserve capacity for their trailer or whatever.
6: Well, and especially with COVID. I mean, COVID brought so many people outdoors, right? Because they couldn't do anything else. So the the number of people who were RVing and boating and finding ways to to try to get out of their house uh, just skyrocketed. So all of a sudden, you've got all these people that are just entering the market, getting their first RV or their first boat. And honestly, you know, the people at those places that are selling RVs, selling the boats, they don't care what you're driving. Nope. They just want to get the the, the yeah. RV off the Sign lot, right? Sign the contract right? and get
2: out of here. So the boat pulls off. He, he hitches it, and the, and the customer drives with his brand new boat. Oh, yeah. And the salesman stands there and just goes...
3: Yeah, except mm. he pulled it away in Ouch. like in like a uh, you know Subaru Wilderness Outback Uh-oh. or something with the the tailpipe scraping on them. Like you need a truck, people. It's, it's
6: crazy. I mean, you see Rav fours, you see Priuses, you know, pulling some yeah, that's boats. Not right. on, no, you and
3: put a hitch on a Prius for a bicycle, not to tow something. Exactly, people. and and so that's where. This We're, is where you're going to come in and say you make load bags for Priuses. Uh, we actually do. That is a horrible idea. No, it's a terrible idea. No, you don't.
6: But we, we, we have inserts. We've got our load He has been to wit. <laughs> we'll see him later. Thanks for but, coming. I mean, honestly, though, there's so many people that just need... That education and understanding about how to tow properly. And frankly, a lot of the times their vehicles, uh, you know, we never want them to pull over their weight rating. Sure. But with a little extra support from an air suspension product, uh, it can make their drive so much safer and so much more comfortable so that they can actually enjoy what they enjoy doing.
3: So let's talk about products that you offer. So let's say I'm, uh, you know, Joe Blow, I'm in my whatever truck, and i hook up my trailer Mm -hmm. and it's pretty close it's pretty level it's maybe a little bit high but then my family gets in it and all of a sudden now the the tail's way down because i had to put all their luggage in the back and i have my trailer i'm going yeah okay weight distribution's not great but i'm not over my gross vehicle weight rating yep i just need to get my front end down for handling my rear end up what are my options out there to get this thing sitting right to go down the highway.
2: The family has to get out and their luggage goes on the lawn and
3: you go on vacation (laughs) alone. you go by by yourself.
6: That's right. Well, we've got a number of different products. all depends on what uh, make, model year of your vehicle is. And we've got a great uh, tool on the website. You can plug that in. You can even plug in a couple of uh, different things like how often you're towing, what you are towing, if you're going on gravel roads or or regular roads. Um, And that'll help you actually pick out what the best type of product is. But no matter what there's go- going to be some products that we offer for you that can allow you to get you know take care of squat sure you we were talking about squat earlier yep. we kind of talk about it in the same way you know that squat's gonna put your vehicle headlights up in the air it's, it's gonna li-
3: it changes your uh, your caster on the front end it changes your steering absolutely uh, it gets light as lightning knows, driving a truck over a bridge
2: yeah it was a bridge <coughs> one of those one of those graded bridges yeah and we had uh, Incorrectly loaded the payload on our uh, big trailer. What you're saying is you trailer. didn't have
3: airlift company helper bags. No, you know? we
2: didn't. And we were squatted. And then we made the mistake. Uh, the driver, I wasn't driving. He put on the brakes, which... The, the weight on the trailer dove forward, which pushed on, pushed on the bumper, oh, and our yeah. front end went up in the air, and we had no steering at all, zero. Yeah. There was nothing. Lock to lock, there was nothing. And we started to go sideways, looking over a gorge. Oh, no. It, you talk about as scary as it gets, that was it. Yeah, and this because is... Because the wind came, it rushed through. I mean, it all happened at once. Mm-hmm. and uh, And I just... He, he hit the brakes, and it just got worse. And we just... He let off the brakes, and it just naturally came down a touchdown, but... in that moment and it probably only lasted three seconds but it it felt like three minutes
6: yeah and you just you just don't want that stress when you're uh, going on vacation doing what you love to do so our product will help level out that ride so that you don't have to worry about that um and and we've got a number of products that will airbags that can go either in a coil spring or for leaf spring products. Um, and those bags will help lift up, you know, the, the back of your truck or or whatever vehicle, super
2: novel, by the way. Um, the fact that you have—it's think of a coil spring and your bag inserts down the center of it. Yeah. So you're—you don't have this bulky accessory. Um, it's just, it's, it's it,
3: literally within the packaging. Yeah. I mean, there's a of lot the of existing. Suspension. A lot of trucks
2: today—they maximize that space under there, right? In your or oh, yeah. well you
6: know, between in that whole uh, in your linkage there there's just no room to put an, uh, an airbag. Exactly. And especially with those, I mean they they're relatively easy to install. So we've got about half of our customers that do it themselves. They they love, you know, doing a little wrench work under their vehicle and we've got about another half that go to to one of our thousands of installers across the country that are uh, certified to install AirLift products. And uh, you know, those airbags are what what's gonna help the vehicle. Um, we also have a lot of our customers that look at our uh, air management systems as well. So that way, if you're towing a lot and you've got your everyday driver, you know you may want air as soon as you put that trailer on the vehicle, but you don't want it when you're not towing. Yeah, because so, you'd
2: have a rough ride if yeah. you aired up to 120 pounds. Yeah, the exactly. nice thing
3: about airbags or, or helper springs in this case, where you're assisting the, the existing springs on the vehicle, is that there's no penalty to ride when they're empty. Exactly. So it's going to ride just like stock. Uh, I remember, you know, the first time I used a set of load bags, we just ran them to, you know, the Schrader valves on either side of the license plate and a little bumper cutout. Yeah. And you would just grab a tire truck and fill them up. Well, now you guys... You could still do that, mm-hmm. but you guys actually have uh, control solutions in order to, like, digital screens. You can do it from in the cab now. Oh, all wireless solutions, which yeah. is really cool.
6: We've got apps so that you can do it from your phone. Wow. Um, okay. Some of them have uh, controllers that come with it. So if you rather have a controller to do it, um, you can actually put it right into the dash with a, a couple of the products that we offer. So a number of different solutions to just make it as easy and convenient as possible. Or, like you said, you can use that Schrader valve and just hook up an airline off, out of the back of uh, the light plate holder there and just go to you know go to a gas station or use your own and figure uh, out pump. I
3: mean you play with it a little bit is it hundred psi is it you know 125 is it 50 yeah sometimes you don't need that much you just need a little bit of help to increase that spring rate in the back to get you to sit level and, and get that control back
6: absolutely and a lot of people too they have multiple toys right so sometimes they're pulling their RV, sometimes they're pulling their boat and they need different levels of uh, air and different levels of support there
3: so how durable is our airbags today
6: I mean, our airbags are, are t- tested tough. Uh, you know, we, we tested in all types of temperatures, freezing temperatures, uh, you know, well over into the, the hundreds. Um, but uh, we we do have a guarantee on our bags as well. So um, if you need. Or if you're concerned about the actual product of the bags, um, we're not having any issues and if you do, we've got great customer service so just call us up and uh, we're gonna replace those bags for you with our with and, our lifetime and you guys guarantee. are right
3: in Lansing Michigan right
6: We are so we're a Michigan based company um, so we we make a lot of the products right there so of course get components from all over the world sure. but but manufacture there in in Lansing.
2: Tell me about um, the actual the airline that you use is that um, so by crazy they, straws? <laughs> you just put a bunch <laughs> of crazy, crazy straws, straws with a little bit of tape on the end, yeah. Perfect. Oh, that'll uh, hold the 150 PSI. That absolutely. You need? Okay.
6: Yeah. Uh, it depends on the product. So we've got a number of different types of uh, airlines. So some of it um, is rubber, some of it we've got uh, stainless steel. Uh, airline as well. So that's primarily for those uh, climates like where we live, where there's lots of salt on the road and and you don't want to get that corrosion. That sounds
3: way easier than blowing into a crazy straw. (laughs) It does. Right? I mean, I could only get about 12 PSI out of uh, my (laughs) airbags doing it that way. Now, but I want the one, you guys have one
2: that's made out of Twizzlers.
6: You know, unfortunately we don't. (laughs) They're not Um, not durable. Not durable. (laughs) (laughs) I've been working with R&D on that though, so we'll get back to you. The Twizzler.
3: (laughs) Made for the Truck Show Podcast. (laughs) Let's talk about the, uh, the Load Lifter Pro Series. Ultimate, which you guys actually include an uh airspring kit, but it has an internal jounce bumper on it as well. It does, so right. So that's a pretty cool feature where the bag also assists on bottom out control.
6: Correct, because a lot of guys, you know, they're they're towing on dirt gravel roads and uh, you know you just don't want that that vehicle to bottom out so that internal jounce bumper is uh, a real differentiator for us and uh, it's what a lot of people need it it can stiffen the ride a little bit though so if you're primarily towing on you know smooth paved roads probably not something that you need but that's why we've got all sorts of options uh, for whatever you might be towing and whatever type of road conditions you're going to be driving on
2: How do I know that? I guess you said it's on the website, right? We go to airlift.com. Airlift Company. Yeah, Yeah.
6: airliftcompany.com. And uh, right on the homepage, there's going to be a Help Me Choose. And I think there's uh, five or six questions. And it'll ask you how often you're towing, what you're towing. Do you like long walks
3: on the beach? (laughs) That's right. Lightning, you'll like this. They have the slam air.
6: (laughs) Oh, no. Don't think I don't know
2: about that. And, dude, guess what? Remember our buddy buddy, uh, Mike Alexander? Yep. I mean, they are now... They've partnered with, with Flow Air Ride. Yeah, yeah. So, Pretty awesome. guess what is sitting in our C20 pickup truck yep. in the AMSOIL booth?
3: I'm, I, uh, I'm are, leading you to water on this
6: one. Yeah,
2: so there are a pair of the Billet aluminum yeah tanks.
6: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We uh, we acquired Flow Air Ride uh, back in February. Mike has been an awesome addition to the team. So he's our brand manager for our Airlift Performance product. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Performance product does... Um, almost exactly the opposite of what our load <laughs> right. support does. I mean, it, it, it still gives you support, but it drops your vehicle it, to the yeah, ground. It, it's much more of a, we almost call it a fashion brand because on our performance side, it's about being seen, right? And, and so, you know, it, Load support—that's uh, about you're safety trying, and comfort. Yeah, yeah
2: the, the performance side—you're trying to scrape the underbelly. Exactly. And on your yeah. side of
6: the house You're and trying, trying not to, get, to do try that. Trying not to <laughs> scrape that's it. That's right. Exactly. So we've got both ends of the spectrum.
3: Now, do you guys have like really good corporate softball or football games or anything? Or the lifted versus <laughs> yeah, lower yeah, exactly. Guys? Yeah,
6: you know, uh, all out
3: brawls in the park like Anchorman. <laughs> oh, that's right. You know,
6: we've definitely got the the performance guys are are tatted up. You know, crew, yeah. and then and then we've got our uh, flannel crew on oh, the load yeah. support side of things. So so,
3: so at corporate meetings. Really easy to see which side of the house
2: people
6: are on. <laughs> 100%. You guys have been doing
2: it since 1939? Is that what it is? Yeah,
6: it's uh, over 70 years now. So it's, I mean... You it, know what's funny? What One company
2: you, older than banks. You can appreciate this. I remember that only because I've seen that logo so many freaking times. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it says since 1939.
6: Yeah, yes. it's. we actually started out because uh, bootleggers. Bootleggers would uh, fill up the back of their that trucks. Their
3: history was bootleggers caused us to <laughs> solve this problem and make products. I mean, the product. it's, wait, it's, well, tell me
6: more. Well, yeah, because as soon as you know, the bootleggers would fill up their trucks with you know all sorts of booze, right? That's heavy out. stuff. Yeah. So the the cops could actually tell who was hauling you know heavy loads. So air suspension was used to actually lift up the the back of their vehicles, and it also. <laughs> help them outrun the cops because it was yes. a safer, uh, more comfortable drive so for So we go guys. full
3: circle, that goes back to your tatted side of the house. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All, all, all those so, over there. Yeah, we, we also and have... Degenerates. Yeah. Uh, you, wow, that's awesome. You've got under
2: one roof, you have the cops and the robbers. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> so here's a question for you.
6: If I have,
3: uh, let's say, a half-ton pickup truck, and I know that I'm consistently going to over, uh, overload the payload, yeah. what is... Uh, a reasonable number for the amount of lift I can get out of an airbag system. For example... Do you have about four inches? can you lift a thousand pounds? Can you lift two thousand? Like, what am I expecting if I go to Home Depot and I have to go buy concrete? Yeah. And it's that one thing. I'm five miles from the house. Uh, things load way lo- loaded. I'm not going very far, but I need those bags to get the rear end up. Dude, what? I saw a Tacoma loaded down with sod. What is it with Tacoma guys? I'm just uh, telling guys, you, guys, you have a thousand pound payload. You need to stop
2: overloading he was dragging it. Dragging his bumper and the tires were was just it sparking it? as it oh was going? Oh my going? god!
3: And it was a late model. Oh, no, too. he had truck nuts, but they flew off. He's <laughs> right. <drove>, he <drove. laughs> Ground them right <laughs> off on his
6: way. <laughs> well, we uh, we've actually got products all the way from thousand pounds. Okay. That lift that all the way up to seventy five hundred pounds. Oh my god! So, okay. and again, depending on what you're looking at, we've got some that are a thousand, some are two thousand, some are five, and, and then seventy five. Okay, up to so that means that
2: so if I have a uh, a Chevy fifteen hundred and I want to carry a Tacoma in my bed,
3: <laughs> I can put your load
2: leveling sure. springs in the back. Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean he's not going to speak for the bed integrity, but, but he, can at least, <laughs> he can at least level uh, the truck out for you. Absolutely. Okay. So what, what is the biggest mistake that you see truck owners do? Obviously it's overloading, but, but even in regards to how to use the bags, is there a proper way to do it? Is there a proper way to figure out pressure? What is like the, the user, the Cliff Notes user guide of, okay, I've installed them. Now what do I do?
6: Yeah, I think um, a lot of people may not air down, right? So if they take that, um, trailer off the vehicle. Oh, okay. You know they, they'll forget to do that, and, and that's going to give you a stiffer ride. Yeah. And so some people are like, "Oh, I hate these airbags. Okay. They, they don't. You know they don't. They work, but then I don't like the way the truck feels." And so. Making sure that after they unhook that trailer, they uh, they air out, they they get their psi back down to five or whatever it is. Um, that's probably the the most consistent uh, piece of advice that we can give somebody who's brand new.
3: And of course, you can find them on uh, airliftcompany.com or on uh, Instagram at airliftcompany or Facebook at. Airlift company, and uh, again, you guys are US based, you have great customer service, and you've been. Companies don't survive since 1939 if uh, they aren't doing things right, and then. Uh, thanks for purchasing our friend Mike, because uh, we were going to do it, and yeah. we realized that... Um, well, you wait, we you already did. Money.
2: You had way back in the day, and then you let him go. Oh, that's true.
3: No, that wasn't me. It had nothing to do with me. Uh, <laughs> someone in your food chain over there, yes. Guys. Right? Yeah, he's a great addition to the team, and uh, so... Yeah, we're he happy is. to see what you guys are doing over there. It's pretty cool. Let's, uh, in fact, this is really the first time since the acquisition that you guys have... Brought both sides of the house out and kind of showed off the new wares and the way the company. It's pretty awesome walking around and seeing all these vehicles that have uh, you, you know, your product over here SEMA.
6: Oh, yeah. We've definitely tried to combine as many uh, Flow Air Ride products along with uh, Airlift Performance and- we've got a ton of things planned in the future so it's it's uh, so going to be exciting can we have you back on absolutely like a
3: regular episode that's like you know a 45 minute interview when we, we actually done. do the tosood well i'm thinking part of the tosood huh it's
2: him yeah. yeah yeah hey anytime you and i could just phone it in and we'll just let him host let him just
3: talk <laughs> about it. well i actually think that we're because we're at sema We get additional uh, bonus uh, points for this being our toast. No, no, no,
2: no, we don't. No, this isn't it? No, no, I know this for sure. Because I was talking to a listener. Uh Uh-huh. It it was actually at our party when we had our uh, whatever 500, five-star meetup, whatever we called it. It Or the brewery at Four Suns. That one. Yes. Yes, it was that one and he said, don't think you can slide in a little toe talk here and there and not do the toe show. you got to give us a toe show. am going And bummer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to toe poorly until you have it. Oh. Like He was very adamant Damn about it. He was uh, yeah. going to break laws. I
3: thought and, and for sure that we were going to... He
6: needs your advice. You know, until we do
3: know. We, yeah. we just go back and we cut out all the towing guests we've had and then we just edit them into one show. No, <laughs> that's, that's a it, highlight reel. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yeah, It'll be like know, a, that, that, you know, you, you can use your harp music, you know, and
2: flashback yeah. to the time we spoke with No, I'm not doing that. And our listeners are obsessive in they and they they
3: would see right through it. They'd hear right through it. They're listening to us right now so they know
2: right through it. We're yeah, oh yeah. See, this is I'm not cutting this out. They're hearing this. Oh, yeah. All
3: right. Well, Matt,
2: thank you so much. Hey, for wait, wait, wait. Uh, I have one uh, last uh, question because uh, I see Todd, Ted Moncure queuing up over here. uh oh where's Ted so, it's He's Ted. right there. Yeah. 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 We're coming a second Ted. <laughs> All right. What what are you launching here at the show? Is there anything new that you're particularly proud of?
6: So we, we did launch this at the last show, but we've got a number of new applications with our Pro Series. So the Pro Series is um, a line that's only offered to our installers. So you can't get that uh, online, you can't um, get that anywhere unless you go and get it installed. So we built this line specifically to make sure that the installers could kind of compete with some of our online business that's going on. And frankly, it's it's kind of our, our top of the line product. So it's got the, the stainless steel, um, lines it's got uh, aluminum end caps so a lot of great kind of benefits for you to to go to the installer and of course if you do go to the installer right now we've got uh, $150 on a rebate so uh, go get that product get the rebate uh, get it professionally installed and
2: is that across all of the truck applications
6: yeah so I mean there's uh, again go to the website to check it out with your make model year but it's it's across all of the major trucks that that are out there awesome well, we appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by yeah. our uh, little podcast studio. Well, here thank you guys so much for having us, and uh, I'll give Mike Alexander a hard time for you guys. Oh, well, please we'll, do. We're going to go find
2: him and kick him in the nuts.
6: Absolutely. Please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Holman, one of our favorites, has returned to the Truck Show Podcast booth, powered by Bangs, our friend, Mr. Ted
7: Moncure. How you doing, buddy? Outstanding. Thank you. I didn't know that I was one of your favorites. So you that, are. and That uh, goes to my
3: heart. Before we talk about anything trucks, how's the flying going?
7: Flying's going awesome. Do you I, still have the same airplane with no, that really small tail? I, I still have that one, okay. my Lancer 360 y- yeah. hot rod, but it's always in the shop. Yeah, I know. Every so, time I see your,
3: your Instagram, at Baja Ted, it's a picture of an airplane that is not in the air, but in a hangar somewhere getting something done to it.
7: Exactly. So I bought a Cherokee 6, which is reliable as a rock, holds six people for carrying the family up to Big Bear and down oh, to Baja. Nice. And I'm flying it. I flew it out here. Uh, and oh, I'm really? flying it on Thursday direct to uh, Ciudad Constitución in Baja to pre-run for the Baja 1000.
3: Oh. All right, that's freaking awesome. You have awesome. the best life. So, that is not fair. How old is it? What year is it? 1968. Okay. Vintage. It has a, a
7: newer engine. And, uh, and that's the thing about aircraft is...
3: They're, they're sort of, it's not like cars where you replace them every year. Old airplanes, in a lot of ways, are actually more desirable than some of the newer airplanes. Is yeah.
2: that because the maintenance people are so emphatic about the maintenance being?
7: That's part of it. And part of it is they were designed to last forever. Like DC-3s from World War II are still flying today. Um, Wow. Hey, Wait, hold on, hold on. It's Jay, it's Jay stopping Leno stopping by.
3: Tell Gail I came looking for him. Oh. So, so here's a funny story. Go ahead. And I, I've met you a few times at right. the 572 Big Log. Right, right. A, you gave me a ride. Here, I'll do this. You gave me a ride in your steam powered car when I was a brand new journalist. I had been here like six months. I've been a motor trainer almost 20 years. And everybody got in the back seat. And you said, hey, hop in the front seat. It was before there were camera phones and stuff. It's my favorite experience. I called my mom and said, you never believe I'm driving down Burbank Boulevard, riding shotgun to Jay Leno in a steam powered car.
8: Well, there you go, see that? <laughs> so this is awesome. <laughs> well, that's good to be
7: about. I, Now I need a picture of me standing next to this so Gail can see how I was. Well, so, so, so Come Jay,
8: on in.
2: Jay, here's the deal. Gail is unveiling the truck that we built in the AMSOIL booth. At two p.m. Oh, oh, so okay. that's where he's going to be, and that's where he had hoped to speak with you. I don't oh, I'll be long gone by then. We, uh, okay. we got a picture. Yeah, yeah, standing there, yeah so we'd love let to let get, get a picture.
3: Here. It's going <laughs> to I make, want in on this. Yeah,
2: Gail's going to be so. Yeah. Uh,
3: so Gail keeps threatening to have to bring us by the shop oh, yeah. and and come hang out and. Oh, let's get it. Here we go. Well, we I'll do. Get in here, Jay. Yep, coming around. <laughs> the other Jay. <laughs> there we go. Here, get a picture of him pointing to the bank sign. Hold on. And that way we can tell Gail. Oh, Jay came by. <laughs> How funny is that?
8: Thanks, you All right, right guys. Appreciate out. you coming awesome. by. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, Jay. Right. Give the boss my best. <laughs> All right, we will. We will.
3: He's going to be disappointed he meet, He uh, missed you. got a
7: flight.
3: You got it. All right, awesome.
7: That was Jay Leno. <laughs> wow, the coolest by the way, stuff happens to you guys. You know that?
3: And by the way, Jay Leno... Right. He came by because he and Gail are really good friends. And he. he
2: Well, I think because he knew that it had been organized. We had talked to um, his mechanic and said, hey, we've got a truck we'd like you to see and talk to Gail on camera, blah, blah, blah. And when you look up on the schedule where it says the booth location, this is it. Right. right? So he came here and naturally looking for the truck. Because what, and Ted, you don't know this, banks donated the booth space to us. So on the back behind you, it says the Churchill Podcast, powered by banks. So, of course, they see this, they roll up, like, oh, we're here, where's Gail? Not realizing he's going to be in the Amsoil booth later today. So anyway, that's the Got backstory it. to Jay Leno just, just, merc- just mysteriously, mysteriously appearing. Wait, did Remember? you see
3: what happened? Jay Leno wanted to get a picture with us. Yeah. We have that on, ta- you're not cutting any of that. Okay, I'll leave I mean, it all in. Just, That was a very organic moment with Jay Leno. Huh.
7: A cameo. That was awesome. A cameo appearance by Jay Leno on the how, Truck Show podcast today. that?
3: Well, uh, all right. Oh, we're just head. reeling for that now. Yeah, I mean, uh, all right.
7: Nothing we can he, talk about we, will be cooler no, than that. No, Ted,
2: done. were
3: you surprised all the handlers? Did you see Dude, the gaggle see of... It. And then the guy tells us, so we have to go. I'm like, I didn't bring Jay to the booth. He yeah.
2: stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you brought him to the booth? Well, yeah. Oh, my kid brought him. Yeah, it to the yeah Gavin, booth. Gavin,
3: who is Jay's uh, kid, who's What's our that? producer. I was gonna say one of the one of his security guards came up asking uh, if Banks was here, and I said no. But and then he tried ushering Jay away, but then Jay just started walking over here.
2: So, yeah. So that happened. You just said they're here and they're broadcasting. Yeah. Very confusing what we did with the
3: whole situation. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But, but then to have uh, Jay Leno decide that he wanted to jump Where's Gale? And- <laughs> Where's
2: Gale? We're like, he's, I don't know. He's here <laughs> somewhere. He's not in this booth right now. Oh, my God. That was I fun. I demand you, know, I,
7: you, get Gail, you produce Gale Banks. I know where you're holding him. I it. mean, it, I can I <laughs> call him right now, but the time he got over yeah, here, yeah, he would he, be he, long he, since yeah, gone. Yeah. yeah. All
2: right. Well, that happened.
7: So
1: that, so that, so that happened.
3: All, okay. right. So All right. All right. So that. now we were uh, back to Ted and we were talking about your airplanes because I love aviation and you still haven't taken me for a flight
7: anywhere. I have offered. I would <laughs> love to have both you guys fly in the Cherokee 6 down he, to our he's bad engineering luck, center. He's bad okay, luck. Well, then maybe just me and you will fly down to the engineering center. Well, you know that I,
3: I love the whole path the plane. So I have a 100% success rate. I will pat the side of your plane, but I want to go flying with
7: you. I would be honored to have you pat the plane. Um, right. I'm... Uh, See see how he missed that?
3: He was talking to somebody. Pat the plane. Nope, you missed it. Ted invited both of us to get a flight down to the RD center, and you didn't pay attention. I said he doesn't care. So no, 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 I
2: care. I'm gonna hold on. I'm hugging you. Thank this this is album. weird. He
3: is he is hugging Ted. <laughs> Ted had that look of like like what's he doing? Really, really icky. Yeah. Just
7: uh, I, I feel love today. I thought yeah, I was love. one of what? your favorites. I got a hug. He so Ted offered to, uh, to
2: take us down in right to the R and D center. This is two three years ago, and he was one I, of our first guests, right? I, yes. An early guest. Yes. And we never took him up on the offer, but I started. I followed, right after that, maybe during the show. I started following him on Instagram. Yeah. And at Baja Ted at like. I don't know, once a week you post a photo of just some cool aerial shot. I'm like, yeah. he's
3: flying, and he offered us a trip, and we haven't right, accepted it. We need to go do yeah, that. that. Yeah. So, and here's the other thing. So so Ted races in Baja. Ted used to be the guy designing and developing on the engineering side of the TRD mm-hmm. product line for Toyota. And now he's doing that for Pro Comp, four-wheel parts. And back in the day, Pro Comp, eh? But with a guy like Ted, there the, the the level of quality and products and performance is legitimate that you're turning out. Yeah, so, I mean,
2: if you haven't, you should go back to the original yeah, Ted Longyear episode yeah. because you'll you'll get his history and the fact that he's a mechanical engineer and he's. I mean, it's it goes. We go deep.
3: So here's my question: You've been there how many years now? Four. I've been there six years now. Six already. Yeah, in time flies.
7: 2015, I joined the team.
3: What has your biggest challenge been in as you're developing new products? Has it been you know, brand recognition, getting people to trust that the product getting out there. And then where are you today versus when you started six years ago?
7: So telling the story about everything we're doing is the hardest thing. That's why I love you guys because you help us to tell that story. You know, in fact, the engineering center I invited you to uh, three years ago is a different engineering center. We've now got a newer, bigger, better engineering center and it's right next door to our manufacturing plant, which is another thing people don't realize that we actually make products in California Uh, for 4wp we source products as well but people get the impression everything's imported yeah and it's not it's designed in california and made both in california and all over the world but um, but building the development team has been the hardest thing right attracting really talented people and then developing them and teaching them uh, the way that we that we do it to be the industry leader in terms of engineering standards in terms of uh, dynamic ride and handling evaluation yeah so i've been really blessed i've actually had a lot of you talk about like
3: fmvss and the standards for after you modify suspension on a vehicle for being able to have an emergency lane change maneuver and things like that right yeah
7: so ProComp was always the leader in fmvss 126 which is the sign dwell vehicle stability control test but what i brought to the team was uh, an actual process for all dynamic ride and handling and so we have an objective way to gauge how this vehicle handles how much control it has how it rides And uh, I used to have an engineer who worked for me at TRD named Mark Mayers, who was the uh, number one rated test driver in North America for Toyota. Wow. And so he also has a consulting business and and basically I engaged him and he's come in and helped train my team on the right way to evaluate ride and handling. And so we can speak the same language so that we can go back and make changes to the product. So all of our engineers and fabricators have been trained using this system, and we're basically taking not just the safety to the next level, but the ride and handling. So that's what you get when you hear about our new vehicle-specific tuned uh, suspension systems, like we just launched for Tacoma and Bronco. That's what is behind all that. Well,
3: also having the fabricator understand what the final product needs to do, having the designer understand that, having the engineer, it's not just, we need to put this bracket here to lift something six inches or, or four inches or whatever the case may be. It's, I have to understand the loads and what we're trying to accomplish so we can get that lift out of it, but the end result isn't just something pretty. It has to perform and handle and tow and have payload and all that kind of stuff. And I think that holistic approach is really important.
7: Absolutely, that's the the secret sauce, right? Between just a lift kit and a suspension system.
3: So let's talk about some of your new applications. Obviously Bronco's a big one. Um, I'm always curious when a new platform comes out and we're talking to suspension engineers and people like you is, what about the platform itself were you impressed with and not impressed with? What did Ford do right? What are things that you thought they could have done better? How easy is it to modify it from an aftermarket perspective? Or are they trying to make it hard because they want to, sell into that. What are some of the, the dynamic around that platform? So, and
2: have you, and it, Ted, have you ever wanted to call one of the OEs and say, why did you do
3: this?
7: Oh yeah, and actually we got that opportunity with Bronco. Really? Because 4WP was one of only four aftermarket companies that they partnered with. So we got advanced CAD data and advanced access to vehicles before the vehicle launched.
3: That you guys had one of the very first modified ones. That's right, I we did that Moab Easter Jeeps. At Easter
7: Jeeps for right? Jeep so. the red one. That truck is in the lobby of the West Hall now. Mm-hmm. If you want to see it, okay. The red Jeep we brought there, but it was. A, I love the new Bronco to start with. I love the platform. Uh, it is very similar to a Toyota Hilux in terms of its design or a Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the front end or a forerunner in the rear end. So you know, I was very at home, right? Yeah. I was like, this is the way vehicles are supposed to be built. Sure. So I've got to say, I think Ford killed it with the new Bronco. I feel like it, it is refined. I love the power plant. You know, I love that EcoBoost. Yeah. I'm a turbo guy, right? I like power, supercharger, turbocharger, anything that is a power adder. Are you going to change your Instagram super- to at TurboTed? No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a supercharger guy at heart, right? Yeah. Uh, but I do love turbos. I just put a turbo on the Tetanus Express, my 41 Ford <laughs> Rat Rod project. Awesome. But no, the Bronco, um, yeah, so so we did a complete line of new products for it. We've got bumpers, we've got suspension, uh, our new upper control arm with the high-angle ball joint that was designed by Chris Hernandez, who I stole from Icon, okay. uh, who designed the Delta joint. And so this is the newer, better ball joint. It's, and our, we believe it's the best ball joint available on the market today. Um, and it's on sale now.
2: Now, how does that differ the ball joint? Because, and 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 where does it cross over from ball joint to like a uniball? So
7: we all we all went to uniballs right uh, several years ago because that's what we ran in our off-road race trucks. But then they squeak. Yeah. So then we said, well, okay, well ball joints were small and they were breaking. So what Chris did with Icon is he developed a ball joint that fit into the cup of a uniball, and they have a patent on that. Icon does. So that's what makes the Delta joint unique is that it's a ball joint uh, with a seal and the fact that it fits into that uniball cup so you can retrofit your old uniball arms with a Delta joint. So I don't want to advertise too much for Icon, but it's an innovative product. What we did is say, okay, we don't have that problem. We're making all new arms. So let's remove that constraint and let's make a ball joint that's the biggest, baddest, strongest ball joint on the market. And we added a and rubber And it's six boot. inches in diameter? No, it's, it's, it's only slightly bigger than Uniball. <laughs> it's the size of the
3: uh, moon. We're still What's very
7: <laughs> uh, cognizant of tire fitment, so we yeah. did, couldn't make it too big, but we made it big enough to be the biggest, baddest, strongest. And it's strongest. greasable, rebuildable, serviceable? It, it's greasable. Um, I don't think you're ever going to need to rebuild it. Okay. I think it's going to last forever. It has a billet cap, has a Zerk fitting on the top so you can grease it easily. Um, like I said, it has a boot so that it's it's you know seals everything in. It doesn't squeak and rattle. That's like nice. My Tundra has an, another uh, one of your guests' long travel kits on it, the very first one, uh-huh. and uh, I won't say the name because I'm about to tell you some bad things about it. <laughs> uh, but it, with my Uniballs, I sound like a rolling junkyard the way it squeaks. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the bolts weren't shanked properly when it first launched, so I lost. Uh, my, my left front corner came apart on the 210 freeway when I was pulling a trailer oh, no. with my kids. And so I took oh. a picture of it and put it on Instagram and said, can you believe this? My control arm bolt broke, and uh, or my lower ball joint uh, adapter bolt broke. And I got 10 people who texted back, said, known issue, certain person who raced a car with a kit like this had broke four of them during Dakar. Oh, wow. So I no. called the manufacturer, and I, who I'm friends with and I like. And that's why I'm not saying his name. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, this thing broke. And he goes, hey, man, you got to prep your s***. And I'm like, really? Sounds so about right. I okay. replaced it with um, aircraft grade AN quality bolts and have never had another problem. And I have so beat wait, the hell out of it. You're saying it
2: is, that it's, you, th- this company
7: is putting it on the customer to really maintain it. Well, they have since revised their kit and Uh-oh. fixed the problem. I, I, got the, I got the very first kit. Mm. So part of it is mm. I'm an early adopter. Uh, And and I have beat the hell out of that truck and it's pre run all the way to La Paz several times And so the product is a good product overall, but yeah, it's like not all the way there. You have to finish it yourself Um, Whereas our stuff is a system. It's not just like I had to buy shocks I had to buy arms I had to figure out what I was gonna do in the rear end because they didn't offer a rear kit at that time Uh, My air bumps didn't work with their stuff. So I had to figure out how to make the air bumps work all of our stuff is tuned to work as a system. You just buy it, and the vehicle's refined, and it's not going to squeak and rattle, and it's not going to break. That's what I really like about the way we've approached suspension design uh, at Pro Comp and 4WP. Did Polaris
2: bring any synergy or any synergies, meaning were you when, when, when Polaris purchased 4WP, did they say, all right, Ted, you need eight more people in R&D, or was it just a company buying you and that was it.
7: Oh no, Polaris has been amazing. Polaris is an innovation powerhouse. And so what they did was they came in and saw that our R&D team was not big enough to innovate, right? We were just barely big enough to get out the products that we had to get out to meet the product plan. And we were inside the manufacturing building. So it was super loud. We had press brakes and lasers and you know forklifts running by. So they actually invested in helping us build our old R&D center, which is the one that I invited you guys down to two years ago. Which
3: we never went to. Missed opportunity.
7: But yep. it's okay because the new one that they also invested in is even bigger and better. Oh no, no. We knew that. We knew, that. We, knew we were going to build one. That's why we yeah, were waiting. Yeah, we waiting
3: because we wanted to go to yeah. a new one. Right. right? Yeah, You guys yeah. just, 100%. just cut, the old the, one. cut the apex. Yeah, we, we actually right talked about it, Ted. We yeah. said, you know, I, I'd love to get a first-class ticket on uh, Ted Express, but um, yeah, that building's going to be gone in two years, so let's just wait.
7: Well, yeah at the time i had a mooney and the back seat was cramped yeah so now you've got a cherokee six you can stretch out a little bit you Although, can bring I your golf tell you, clubs i think we you talked about
3: it the first time I, there's something about a mooney that i, I still love i love moon it's got too. the backwards tail on it they're just cool um, out of all of the you know low wing private you know planes i just there's something about a mooney that's just cool
7: dude i wish i would have never sold my mooney because my Air. while well, i love it and it's super fast yeah 200 knots it's a maintenance hog, <laughs> and uh, it's always in the shop. So they now I had to buy the Cherokee 6. It needs better ball joints. Which is slower than the Mooney. <laughs> so most of the time I'm flying around in the slower, yeah. more expensive airplane. And the Moonies have doubled since uh, I sold my Mooney yeah. as well. So they're, they're if, just, if I just kept it, I would have been better they're
3: off. They're just special. I don't know what it is about them, but they look different than everything else. And, and there's only two There's two schools, right? It's I either love Moonies or I hate them. It's like a flathead Ford. Yeah. it's like you either love them or you complain about that the cooling passages aren't big enough and it overheats right there's there's no in-between and you either fall in love with a Mooney, and, and that was one of other than a cessna 172 which everybody who's ever gone flying probably started in uh but i had a chance to go in a mooney and i just was like
7: oh this thing's cool it's a it's a it's a sports car yeah right a cessna 172 is a camry yeah it is a reliable, reliable passenger car, easy to fly not going to super excite yeah. you but it's going to get you there yeah. reliably and then a mooney is a porsche so it's like stepping up. One of these
3: days, I, and I, I told myself, people often, you know, ask, just what would you do if you got rich, right? And they're like, you, would you buy a new house? I'm like, yeah, I love my house. What would you? Would you, you know, go buy a bunch of? No, no, no. Would you? If I got independently wealthy tomorrow, you buy a plane? No, I no, I wouldn't even buy a plane. I'd go to flight school. I'd, I'd get my pilot's license. I would love to do that. Like some people, like I wish I learned to speak Spanish. Which I also do, but I would rather be a pilot more. Yeah. So one of these days, my lifelong goal. In we there's a, a freelance journalist a lady by the name of Sue Mead, and she's an older lady, uh, older lady, and she later in life got her pilot's license, and it's honestly been a bit of an inspiration to go like it, maybe it's never you know it's 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 never too late. And I've got these great friends like uh, you know Bert Garrison Jr. who flies for Southwest was the SR71 pilot. Uh, we've got Ted. I've got a bunch of these really cool pilot friends that I just... I, I love my my friend uh, Dave Maines, who used to fly the California State uh, Patrol air pr- aircraft, catch speeders on I-15. Um, that would be a cool gig. Yeah, he's got some good stories. Uh, in fact, Ted will like this because they used to be based out of... Uh, at least when he was there, maybe they still are, out of the field in Lancaster. And he said the wind was so strong one day he could not land because... There's a difference between airspeed and ground speed. So airspeed is how fast wind's going over your wings, and you need airspeed to keep the plane aloft. Ground speed is how much you know you're covering on the ground. He was at like zero ground speed and like Just 75 or 80 airspeed, hovering at the end of the field and could not land the plane.
1: Oh geez.
3: And I'm like, what? Was it? He goes, I I, I had two go rounds. I was running low on fuel, and I orbited until the tower told me that the windsock had died down. And, you know, got it in right before the gust picked up again. And I'm just like, could you imagine? You're just like, you know, have you? I, I'm. Imagine you've probably had some hairy moments like that.
7: Uh, yeah. You know, crosswinds are the hard yeah. thing, right? So I've had some nasty crosswind wind, right before, or wind yeah. shears. So ooh, you're just
3: all not not like crab walking down to the, uh, down well, you, to the you, runway. You, you you point yourself into the wind, and then you come down. At the last minute, you kick the rudder over yeah. to to put the plane uh, down. that's scary. You, you know
7: the crazy part? If you have you seen have ever
3: the Airbus A380s doing those? Yes. Oh, my God. Like coming <laughs> in
7: sideways, <laughs> so, scrubbing your tires like drift. Oh, Drifting you know? <laughs> in a plane. Does not that does Especially not sound jumbo fun? Jet if you ever grad. fly to Catalina, it's, yeah. they cut the top of a mountain off yeah. to make the runway. And so, if you've got an onshore breeze, then you get a big giant right uh, at the end gust, of the runway. Right, you get either an up an updraft or a downdraft, down, yeah. depending. So, so a lot of pilots in, will
3: come in and they'll
7: that's right. Dive you down. come in hot and and you end up going off the end of the runway. Yeah or you come in slow, and then if you get a, a, a down draft, you smack the side of the hill. So
3: the uh, the Seabees last year, or what two years ago now, redid that whole airport. Yeah. Have you landed there I have, it's then? gorgeous. It cool? Although
7: they increased their landing fee, so it's expensive. Oh. It's like 20 bucks a person now. Of course they did. To fly over there. And it's like 100 bucks to get a well Well The, the, the runway is
3: on top of this mountain, it's pretty short, and it's crowned in the middle. Yeah. So you have, like, several hundred feet at the end of the runway you don't know about. So everybody, like, lands, and it's like... they you abort, and they you take don't back. See, you, you can't oh, you see the end of the runway.
7: And, and also, the DC-3, so they used to fly DC-3s from yeah, Catalina Flying Boats. Yeah, Catalina Flying Boats. And they, they deliver the mail and other things. All the way up until just a couple of years ago, they finally switched to... Cessna caravans. Yeah, I used but, to see. It was a uh, gray and green. Yeah, so they used to fly all the time they used over my to house. Fly the DC threes, and they sounded like Harley's. You know, like those ra- ra- yeah, radio engines awesome. are awesome. So
3: nothing sounds like them. But
7: uh, they used to fly, but the, they were so conscious of fuel, they wouldn't climb. Right, they'd go 1,600 feet, which is the airplane elevation. Off, they take off from Long Beach, climb to 1,600 feet, and then just go straight and land. And then they wouldn't taxi back and take off the same direction. They would just unload, forklift, unload everything, get back on the runway at the end where they turned off and then take off the opposite direction. Ah. So with that crown, you couldn't tell whether they were taking off or not. (laughs) So it was really sketchy when the DC-3 was there because you're like, that guy's gonna take off this direction and I'm taking off (laughs) that direction. (laughs) So when when you're landing, you can see everybody. It's a little bit easier
3: oh man it's I, I i know this isn't the airplane show podcast right. but no, i, st- I love talk it, about trucks
7: i got a lot of truck stuff to talk about well tell what, what what else uh what are you debuting out of the show so the three big things we have at the show are bronco okay. and tacoma we, we finally did a full line of tacoma product and so i'm really excited about that being did a you Toyota box guy.
3: the rear of the frame in
7: no, we don't. We don't change the frame, but we have the most innovative bed stiffener out there. Okay, so they for need everybody it. with the Tacoma, you crack the sheet metal posts yep. on the back of the bed, so everybody buys bed stiffeners, yep. and they encroach on your bed space, and then you can't run a deck system, and other things like that. Sure. Right. So we came up with a bed stiffener that goes underneath. Oh, interesting. On okay. the other side of the same sheet metal where everybody else's is. Yeah. But but it's hidden, and so uh-huh. the only way you even know you have it is we add an extra tie-down point on the inside of the bed, uh, with. Uh, a bottle opener on it. so as you you should. As you should. And that that tie-down point can rotate vertically. So if you do have a deck system, you can flip it up and still have your deck system. Oh, that's cool. You can check that out. And then we've got a new rear bumper, which uh, is the only rear bumper on the market for Tacoma that allows you to keep your blind spot monitors. Oh, uh, wow. Safety feature. Yeah. Um, And then if if you go, it has optional tire gates. Two of them, you can buy one or you buy two. But if you put the tire gates on, you lose the blind spot monitor. Uh, But if you just run the base bumper... It's also got a really cool little cubby behind the license plate where you can put your phone wallet keys. So if oh, you're out mountain biking, yeah. dirt biking, hiking, you can leave that stuff in there. And, and it has. A, locks? We have an optional combination lock. Oh, so okay. it comes with a little plastic cover yeah. and nobody knows it's there except sure. the world now that I told them. Yeah, all. right. <laughs> uh, and our, our new Gladiator bumper has that as well. Um, so
3: now people are gonna be pulling up the license plates on trucks all over the uh, the world Dude, that's now. a
7: cool feature.
3: It is a cool feature. We, uh, in fact, uh, we did that Rivian trip in our, our shuttle vehicle and support vehicle was a Ram TRX. And so I bought one of those That is the hitch-
7: most green thing I've heard all day.
3: <laughs> and it was it was pretty rad actually. But um we went on Amazon and got one of those hitch locks. And but it's barely big enough and where the where the pins lock in, there's not a lot of space. So you guys having that storage behind the bumper is pretty pretty innovative.
7: Yeah, it's big enough for my big old iPhone. Yeah. Um because I always just put my keys behind the gas door. So yeah. everybody who knows my truck now knows to look behind cool. the gas door. They see me out in the desert. I'll, uh,
3: I'll use that in the future. Um, and then I'll hold you hostage for an uh, airplane ride. There you go. You
7: are not to hold me hostage. I'll tell you. I'll fly All right. anytime. I just So I just
2: got some work done on one of our trucks at work, and I dropped it off. The guy I did some some work, and I pick it up. And I, well, it was late at night. It was 1 a.m. I said, you're going to be long since gone, so leave it out in the front of your shop and hide the key and just send me a picture of where you put the key. No, no big deal. Everyone does this. And he puts it in the tube that goes from the passenger side to the driver's side under the bed. This is a maybe a two and a half, three inch tube, right? He shoves it in past the point I can get my hand in. Oh no. And I have, and I don't have pliers with me, it's one in the morning, it's after it's on a weeknight, so I'm super tired, I need to go home to sleep. And I cannot figure out the life of me how I'm gonna get this freaking key out. And my ride, who dropped me off, already he's already gone. So I'm thinking, great, I'm gonna have to leave the truck here, get an Uber, go home. I just, I I pulled skin off my knuckles. I finally got it. Like, I got it all. And I thought, how embarrassing will it be if I can't get my hand out of this tube trying to retrieve this damn key? I'm going to be stuck in here. And can I get to my cell phone, which is in my right pocket? do I have
3: the Vaseline I normally carry on? I
2: I was just, all these things are going through my head. Am I I going to saw my arm off trying to get it? Can I be honest with you? What? When you said I uh, got some work done, I'm like, you don't look any better. No, I'm still (laughs) fat and old. Uh, No, it was the truck. The truck. Got it. Got it. Got it. The truck. Anyway, so long story short, brilliant idea, hiding the key. And not just that, like, if you stop at the beach, you want to take a swim, or wherever you are,
7: you jump in the lake, your key and your phone, right there, lock it up. Yeah, that's the whole idea, right? Is is focus on our customers, and so how do our customers live, and let's make products that make their lives better. That's what we try to do. So, So...
3: so you talked about the bed stiffer, you talked about the little uh, Heidi Cubby in the bumper. What are some other like, of those little, like, I like to call them surprise and delight features that you guys have incorporated into other products in the lineup?
7: So our rear Tacoma bumper also has uh, bottle openers built into the underside of the bumper on both sides. Um, we've got the Swing Away Tire Gate has a really cool self-locking billet latch so you don't have a separate pin, but, oh, nice. it, but it does yeah. have a secondary latch. Uh, we've got rock light mounts under all the Tacoma stuff. So we've oh, got that's a hidden cool. We have a really cool hidden winch front bumper, and it has optional wings. So if you want to trim for better approach angle, you can, we sell those separately where you can mount LEDs in sure. them. And uh, the, the front bumper, the rear bumper, and the sliders all have rock mount locations. So we sell a Pro Comp six-pack rock light kit, and that you can put that on and have light all the way around your truck at night. Our rear sliders have the kick out, so it pushes the truck bed over to keep getting damaged.
3: And what are are your lift heights on Tacoma? Because I know they're very sensitive to uh, to lift height.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Our front lift is about a two and a half to three inch. It's adjustable, it's a coilover, it's forged aluminum. So our new shocks are amazing. And that's what I really want to talk about is uh, the, the Tacoma and the same shock technology we're using across the board, but it's forged aluminum. We got vehicle specific ride tuning that we talked about, three quarter inch stainless steel shafts, uh, rubber bushing so that the thing rides better it doesn't have some of them have bearings on the coilover but you got a rubber bushing at the other end because the, you can transmit a ton of vibration yeah. by using bearings right so you've got a, a, a need of isolation race quality shock but sure. it's been designed to give you the refinement that you expect yep. in your vehicle um, you know we use really high quality cold wound springs uh, we've got a mini pack for the rear. What tires are
3: you guys recommending for Tacoma? Is that 33s? So Tacoma,
7: yeah, it's a 285 tire. We actually have a 295 on our shop Tacoma, but we did a little extra trimming.
3: Probably needed a little different offset too, I would imagine. Yeah,
7: offset's the key, right? Yeah. So you've got to use like the TRD wheel, has a good, the old TRD wheels. Since I left, they went to stock offset on yeah. the TRD wheels, so they don't really fit big tires anymore. Yeah. Which just, that's and just And offset, lame. you know, it, it, you got to
3: balance it, right? Because there's the point of diminishing returns where you go out too far, and you have more wear, but you're also hitting the firewall and you're, that, you know. Absolutely, that's our people recognize that. focus yeah. is
7: to build what we call low center of gravity. We want the biggest tire you can fit with the lowest center of gravity so you can go mob and be safe, yeah. right? And so that takes really uh, precise wheel offset planning to be able to fit that tire in, not hit the ball joint on the inner side, not hit the, the vehicle on the outside. And like on our our Bronco stuff and our Ranger stuff, we actually replace the crash bars. So a lot of people just take those and cut them cut off, them off yeah. and get rid of them. But yeah. now they don't have that protection. So, so for people actually, who don't know,
3: there's uh, intrusion crash bar beams that are um, alongside the tire to keep the tire from going into the firewall and into the cab. And so a lot of people do just take them off.
7: That's right. Well, most aftermarket lift kits, they just cut them off, and that way you can fit a bigger tire. But we scallop them out so that you can fit up to a thirty-seven inch tire on a Bronco wow. with our with okay. our full kit. Yeah, that has everything you need, not just a shock and an upper control arm and like our Tacoma kit has a sway bar relocation bracket you know but 37s and, and huck
3: and not have to worry about rubbing and go just go have fun
7: yeah um, you have to do a little bit of trimming like I said on, on the biggest option but so we've got Tacoma we've got Bronco and then we've got all of our new shocks so not only our high end shock ProCom's probably best known for the old school corn dog cheapest shock you can buy on the market <laughs> Yeah, and we've actually revamped that whole lineup this year as well we've uh, We've gotten rid of the, the larger body corn dog. We've gone to a standard two inch diameter body. We've still got our twin tube lineup, which is our best value. It's black yeah. now. Uh, and then our monotube, we've really stepped up by revising the seal package. So we've got a state-of-the-art seal package because we had some issues previously on the monotube, but the pro runner uh, with, with leaking. And so we said, all right, we're gonna fix this thing. And we went back, completely redesigned it, made it silver paint instead of zinc which allowed us to change the, the seal package because the way it was plated before, we couldn't run a wiper seal.
3: I, I sure wish you loved what you did and knew what you're talking about, Ted. Well, wouldn't that be great, Lightning, if, he, the, he, if Ted was in a position to effect change and make better products for enthusiasts? You know what, uh,
2: Holman, he actually is. Oh. Yeah, so he looks at something, he says, this can be approved upon, and based on, uh, on, on my wisdom of working at top tier <laughs> yes. companies, I'm going to apply it here at 4 wp and does so and has more resources than ever before, thanks
7: to Polaris and his new team. Yeah, and that's really the people that get the credit, right? I'm the guy who gets to come and tell the story about all the cool stuff they're doing, but the team that we've assembled are the ones that are really innovative, amazing people. Um, You know, some of them here, like Stephanie Ortega help out with SEMA. Uh, Like I told you, I told you guys about Chris. A lot of you guys know Ryan Canelli who's kind of a legend in the off-road overlanding world. He's our manager of so all you're the you just hiring products. the who's who of uh, the off-road world. Well, Ryan was there when I got there. So the deal was he was a fabricator. By the way, he has some really cool old trucks. Yes, he does. He's building a, a catalog of them. He has this amazing K5 Blazer we call Colonel Mustard. And then he got Which he a, stole from me, by the did way. Did he really? Yeah. Did he?
3: Yeah, because my old- uh fit, Colonel Mustard. My old 51 yeah. CJ3A was Colonel Mustard because it was yellow.
7: So yeah, he's got a, a Hilux. The Hilux
3: is awesome. Little um, blue Hilux Toyota pickup truck.
7: And he bought it sight unseen, flew out to Montana, did a little bit of maintenance work and then drove the thing off-road like. And what he's 2, done with that thing is so
3: it's so great. Yeah, oh, we should have a
7: 31-inch tires. You definitely yeah. should have Ryan on. He's amazing. He's definitely a truck truck guy's truck guy. He's just an example of a guy who was super talented but he wasn't super appreciated under the old system. Yeah. And so now he's a manager in our group and he's got engineers working for him and with his innovation and capability to give these young, really smart engineers we have, direction yeah. and help them to learn about how to look at the customer and how to look at when you go off-road, what you're actually doing. And so now we do trail days too. a Couple of those mm-hmm. a year, we just did one on Thursday. And it was awesome because we bring our new products, so we get everybody in the cars. We go out, we went out to um, Valley of the Moons, right? Awesome. So Ryan guided us out there, we had a really cool run. We got out, had lunch, looked at some pottery, You know, where the Indian pottery and, and Flint and that kind of stuff yep. was and all the you can see all the engineers wheels turning they're going like we had our new 180 degree awning out there and they're like wow oh, this thing's really cool because we can put the shade down and you can actually you know be out of the sun and it's big but then they're going hey what if we had led lights under here what if we had like uh, sleeve protectors it, on nothing the underside like being a of user the of the product walls? that's right that's what we're trying to do is get our people out on the trail and get them out there and interacting and so now we've got we do more testing like we do Chris puts on this Mojave trail run every year, where they do it in one day. It's all industry folks in December. Um, And so that's a blast, because it's like accelerated durability testing. I go out there and mob stuff, you know. Just
2: watch out for the tortoises.
7: Yeah, absolutely.
2: That's the biggest deal, is the the hardest uh, thing to overcome at a company when you're developing products is going out and finding the time to actually test what you've built. Because all too often, what you think the customer and how
7: they should use it is different than how they actually are using it. absolutely and the other thing is a lot of engineers hate to break their stuff because then they'd have to go fix it so i'm trying to they hate letting me drive it because i go out there and i break it and they go well you're just hard on things and it's like yeah and you know what our customers are harder than i am on things right i try to calibrate and be just hard enough to you know i'm a desert racer i got to bring that thing home at the end of the day and get across the finish line so i don't want to be hard enough to break it but i but i absolutely want to go as fast as i can without breaking it and that's what our customers want to do too and so we're trying to build that culture in that it's okay. That's just feedback. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go out. We're gonna test it. We're gonna break it. We're gonna. Yeah, they're not being abusive. The they're off. using it. Let's, that's let's, right.
3: Let's, we gave them the capability. Let's make sure we back up a product and make something that's gonna survive. Yeah, I
7: mean there are cases of abuse. People drive off loading docks. People <laughs> huck it, you know, <laughs> over the, over the canal at Glamis. Right. There's stuff that yeah. is clearly abuse. Sure. But, but generally speaking, most people just want to go out for the weekend, go camping, drive through the beautiful scenery in the desert or in the mountains or in you know wherever they happen to live. And uh, they want their products to work, and they don't want to have them squeak and rattle the rest of the year when they're just driving to work.
3: Well, you know what I have for you, Ted? A bell? I got the bell. And what all does right. the bell signify? Job well done? Oh, job well done. Okay, all right. Yeah. Let's play. Well, Thank you, guys. Yeah, I thanks for uh, stopping <laughs> by. It's been too long since we've seen you, so uh, I know you and I keep up on uh, texting and uh, and the, the, the gram, as the kids say. Yep, absolutely. So
7: So your booth is over in the new West Hall, correct? It's in the West Hall. So come on by. It's right next to the GM uh, Hummer EV booth. So okay. if you're heading for the Hummer, it's between Warren and the Hummer EV booth. It's 4WP and all of our house brands. yeah miss built, the logo. Pro-com, exactly. Yep. Okay, perfect. Right. So come on by, we'll check everything out. Hopefully see I'll see you guys. Yeah. And uh, let me know when you want. That airplane ride, and also really good Mexican food lunch. Oh, oh wait, there's
3: Mexican whoa. food and an airplane ride? Oh. And
7: you can check out all our, all our new secret nuts? stuff that we, you can't We said we were about. in last time, but yeah. this time no, we're, we're really, really in. We're really we're in. Really we're in. Really all, in. Right. all right. All all right. right. Sounds, sounds great. great. Thanks, thank, you. thank you. Appreciate it.
2: Holman, we are joined by an official from Nissan.
3: Yes, uh, this is Carl Phillips, who uh, is overseeing the comeback of Nismo parts to the truck market. and Yes! All right. (laughs) So it's nice to see our friends at Nissan uh, who have obviously supported this podcast for a very long time. Uh, Here at SEMA, you guys have
9: the, uh, the new Z. Yep, and the much. new frontier, yeah, exciting lineup and a couple other cool things down at our uh, booth. You got to stop by. I haven't been there yet, so I need to. I need to make the. Well, we're the trip. trapped.
2: Can you give us a teaser?
9: Yeah, sure.
3: So. Or can you run the podcast while we run to your booth? That'd be better. Uh, right, well, I don't know. Later. You got to leave it in my hands. Who knows <laughs>
9: what you're going to end up with? Uh, you know, probably a lot of coverage of Nismo stuff. But uh, <laughs> now we've got the Altamaniac, uh, Chris Forsberg's. Uh, Four-seat, 2,000 horsepower drift taxi. Down there, which is <laughs> nice. uh, you got to not only look at that, you got to go for a ride in. The thing is absolutely <laughs> mental. Uh, and then we got a very cool vintage 240Z. Oh, nice. Uh, uh. That is uh, done by uh, a guy from you know you might have heard of him, Sung Kang from oh, yeah. uh, the Fast and Furious yeah. franchise. Yeah. Absolutely stunning car. And then wow. uh, of course uh, you know um, we've got uh, three vehicles uh, to support the new Nismo off-road lineup. So you guys have started to make that push. I I know that internally
3: it was trying to figure out is NISMO X or is NISMO Y? Can NISMO be part of trucks? There was the NISMO package that eventually became the Pro 4X package on the last generation Frontier. So there is, uh, you know, there is NISMO connection into the truck world. And you guys have decided to bring NISMO back as your aftermarket um, OE parts accessory arm. And we talked to our good friend uh, Lynn Mm-hmm. who did a Rebel Rally, yep. who, who kind of was on your prototype parts, had the Bilstein uh, 6112 and 5160s on, on the yep, uh, yep. Frontier. So that was sort of what led into it. And because the platforms are similar, a, a, a enormous swath of year ranges that it fits. So maybe let's start at the suspension and start working down the line because I saw you at Overland Expo West and you had all sorts of stuff on your Frontier there.
9: Yeah, so uh, you know, excited to be here this year because it was really two years ago at SEMA, uh, when the idea of Nismo off-road was just like this, this flicker in my mind, you know, a dream, <laughs> right? And and uh, came out here to talk to suppliers, see what's going on in the industry, because we knew there was a a huge opportunity to get out there and support our products and our owners of the Nissan trucks. And we've had a a long history of Nissan Motorsports in the truck world. Uh, And while we're not going uh, Dakar racing, um, we want to support those guys who do want to get out on the weekends and go overlanding, off-roading, all of that. And that's really what Nismo Off Road is all about in this new venture of products. And, and the beauty is that you know
3: there's no, you know, especially looking at SEMA, right? There's no vehicle here that doesn't have aftermarket support. So the fact that you are working to allow your customers to upgrade their vehicles and take them to the next level from a really good foundational stock platform to whatever their specific need is is going to allow Frontier to you know to flourish um, in, in the industry. And, and you guys being first market on a lot of that stuff. Uh, and you're doing a full range. Light mounts and bumpers and lights themselves.
9: You've got suspension, uh, racks. Bed racks, are well, over. Uh, you know, rooftop tent. you got to have one of those these days. Carl, right, right.
2: Where, do you, where do you start? Like, literally, you have to have a wish list. It's up on a whiteboard, probably yep, in your yep. office, right? Is it aesthetics or is it suspension? Is it go it,
3: fast? And, and along those lines, you came to SEMA. Yep. This was a flicker. Yep. How did you, were, were two years removed from that or yeah, three yep. years, whatever it is, two, that years, that line, two years removed? And you have product. So what does that ideation look like? Where do you go to Jay's point? But how did you turn it
9: into this idea walking around the show and now two years later you have product on trucks here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really been a crazy exciting two years. So, you know, it started with looking at what customers typically do for their own vehicles, you know, and that's like, we do this, you know, the guys on my team, myself, we build out our own vehicles, we go off-roading and, you know, usually the first thing is guys start with wheels and tires, right? Sure. So, right. you know, we're not in the tire business, but hey, we're in the wheel business. So that was actually the first product that went on sale earlier this year was a wheel that we designed from ground up for our trucks and I made the connection to a, a company out here at, at SEMA two years ago to do that. And so, you know, it, it's it's wheels and tires, it's protection, things like bumpers, uh, you know, rock sliders which are in development, suspension, of course, right? You want, you want some added capability there sure. um, and better clearance and then lighting and, you know, we just kind of went from there as if really, like, we're going to build out our own trucks yeah. what's the approach we would take sure and you kind of have
2: to decide how where do you want to go price wise too i yeah. mean where's our customer at right because we can make the incredible you know a, a light system right that may not be affordable but you like it or i, I don't know you have to find that balance between form function and price
9: yeah it's a really good point jay and for us um, we recognize that nismo doesn't maybe carry quite the, the recognition and the, you know, the, the brand recognition in the truck world that it does on sports cars. Yeah, like the GTR, I mean, come on, that is, right, is there any
2: more coveted car than the Nismo
9: GTR? Yeah, so maybe, you know, on the, on the sports car side of things, we can command a little bit higher price, right? But here we just said, what's out there in the aftermarket? And that helped us to set the pricing, that set our targets for us. So, you know, we know Nissan owners are value conscious, you know, hey, I am when I'm spending money on my own truck, right? But, um, but we knew two things. Uh, we got to be competitive with the aftermarket because really we are positioning ourselves to be Nissan's aftermarket, aftermarket alternative. R, yep. Yep. And then it's got to be quality because if we're going to put the NISMO name on it, it's got to be a really well-made, well-engineered design yeah, and It has to be
3: something that's easy to install for your dealers to do as well because people are going to go to the dealer or maybe even do it in the driveway after buying
9: the parts from the dealer. Yeah. I and mean, you're, you're going to warrant everything, right? Uh, we don't have warranty yet on Nismo off-road products, oh, right? Because okay. they're sold under Motorsports, so Motorsports products do not carry warranty. But it is definitely something we are looking at studying for the future to make all of that happen. For but sure. you can put it in the purchase price of your new truck, right? Absolutely, you can. You know, buy these. Thing, you know, have your dealer install it. Uh, it's one of the things. You know, not everybody has a you know a four-wheel drive shop down the road that sure. can do installs of suspension, or maybe they're not comfortable doing that. But you can go to your local nissan dealer you can order the parts there you can have them install it and uh you know so it may, we're trying to make it easier for people to do that and making things that are designed specifically for the truck for the platform
3: by the people who built the truck so in terms of durability fit and finish um, you know quality to your point absolutely. earlier absolutely absolutely you're all you're still under the tenants of what an oe manufacturer was right like i'm, I'm guessing you're still probably making sure that shock seals are durable and powder coat passes the salt test and things like that, yeah, right? A-
9: absolutely, you know, and, and like with the wheels, for example, you know, we went through all the testing, you know, to, to validate that and we tested it to SAE standard. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's the Nismo name and it's a Nissan company behind it. So, you know, we're not going to be building junk, right?
2: Well, I mean, there are so many customers that would prefer to buy something made by the same company that made the, the actual vehicle, you know, because you, you would hope that the engineers are all collaborating, that you know, I mean, just a simple thing like the ability to share CAD files.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean,
2: yep. the aftermarket doesn't have access to the CAD of your engine, so they don't know the envelope, the size, or if they're building something in the engine bay or the suspension. They have to reverse
9: engineer everything you do, and here you come along, and you're like, I have all of it. Everything is going to fit precisely. Right, right, and you know, one of the advantages is is also where we, where Nissan Motorsports is located. We're in the same facility with uh, the the uh, quality. that does all the engineering quality analysis and stuff. So I can go down and talk to the technicians, I can go talk to the engineers and say, what do you know about this? Anything we should be aware of? Yeah, and we get the, so I like to think we also have the insider advantage to, you know, like the new truck, right? We can get products out in the market sooner than the aftermarket can, because we have that insider advantage for engineering support, technical information, the data, the CAD.
3: Well, and you're partnering with really good aftermarket brands as well, though. uh, you know, you're almost helping them to elevate their their game as well because they have to pass all those durability requirements to get the Nismo branding on it. And so those partnerships, I think, go both ways. They're good for you because it brings you street cred from some of these great aftermarket brands, but also brings them credibility because they're building for an OE. So I think there's a really good, you know, relationship there that would make the end user feel very comfortable moving forward with those products.
9: Yeah, thank you, Sean. And that was that was part of it too for us was you know knowing that that Nismo is kind of new to this truck segment. We also wanted our customers to know that we're working with the best in the business, right? So uh, it's Bilstein, you know, working with those guys who are an OE supplier to Nissan, and then working with them to develop and uniquely tune the products uh, for what we want, or rigid industries on lighting, lighting yeah. same thing. So, you know, again- Carl, you you're know, spoiled. Product you're you're spoiled, there. you know yeah. that, right? Hey, you,
2: it, you could literally, if I'm an aftermarket company, big or small, and Nissan calls, I'm like, mm, yeah,
3: I'll take that call. No, 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 it's not Nissan calling. It's literally Carl calling. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Carl has the best job at Nissan. (laughs) You say, hey, Carl, here's a new truck. Then you get to go to SEMA and shop for it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I will admit
9: it it is pretty fun. I mean, now I've I've lost uh, what little hair I had left getting ready for this year's show with the builds we were doing, (laughs) no doubt. Felt like the SEMA curse was upon us, but... Uh, you know, we're just really excited to be out here again this year and show off the stuff. And, and I'll say, you know, like, John, we talked at Overland Expo, and one of the most satisfying things for me has been the reaction to customers. Yeah. Having guys come up to us and say, man, it's great to see Nissan getting into this space. We don't see a lot of love out yeah. in the aftermarket. And then, like, Xterra, right? A yeah. truck we haven't yeah, built we in still six are. years. I mean, four-wheeler's oh,
3: yeah. I mean, SUV of the year. I mean, the, the, the Xterra off-road package was one of my favorite SUVs in, in maybe the past 15 years. And, and it was always sad when it went away because it was so unique. It was so fun to drive. It was so capable. Yeah, absolutely. To me, still one of the most underrated in the secondary market of SUVs. People often ask me, you know, what should I be looking for? And it's like, oh, have you looked at an
9: X-Tera? never even thought about it. Yeah. Well, what was fun for me was I got to buy uh, a manual trans, Pro 4X build and build parts for it. And, <laughs> and now we get that, to drive it and test it. And, that's pretty awesome. And i got to tell you, like the reaction we've had to the, like, the new bumpers for that that we've got, people are just... They, and so they love that we're supporting the older trucks. I, I was just going to bring that up. I've not and, seen I, them. What do they look like?
3: Well, look out of your phone. Oh, look, at, look at NISMO. Right. Yeah, so, uh, I'm going to be rude and yeah, check yeah, my phone. Yeah, you you okay, do that no, over there, right. and then Carl and I will continue this uh, over here. All right. no, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is... is You guys are supporting previous generations. Yeah, absolutely. You're not just saying we're starting with the new truck going forward. So there's actually going to be some really interesting and a pretty diverse set of options for. Going back to trucks as old as what, 2005?
9: 2005, yeah. So like the, you know, what we call the 61 platform, yeah. you know, the H61B, previous-gen Frontier, the Xterra, and even, hey, the R51 Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh, for people that have, I personally have one of those with a V8. Fast, fantastic truck. But, yeah. you know, we got to go where volume is, There's not is very too. many of those no, left. Everybody not, gets I'm, to do I'm, V8
3: I'm, Titan swaps with the uh, yeah, front yeah, end, yeah, with yeah, the engine Yeah, right, so, then, right? yeah, yeah. Right.
9: But, uh, you know, we got to go where the volume is yep. too because we're, you know, we've got to make money. It's a business, yep. as much fun as this is. And there's a lot of those trucks out there. We got three quarters of a million uh, front, older frontiers out there. So we want to support those people. And, you know, sharing stuff across the platform helps with the development. It's almost, you know, a second bite of the apple. You sold the truck once, and now hopefully it'll go to a new owner and you can sell them some
3: parts and get them excited about the brand and get more Nissans out into the world doing aftermarket and
9: off-roading and all yeah. those types of yeah. things. Well, and, you know, a lot of guys, you know, might... You know, a lot of our customers are used vehicle buyers, yep. right? And maybe they buy a three, four-year-old truck or something right. even older, and they're like, hey, I'm going to take it out off-roading, and if I scratch it up and get some Arizona pinstripes or whatever, yeah. who cares, right? Those are the guys. Those are our customers. Those are the people that are putting bumpers on and, and wheels and suspension. So it's funny. Uh, I was I, I belong to a, a, a several different Facebook groups, and one of them is uh,
3: Explorers of the San Juans, which is basically oh, yeah. you know southwest Colorado in the mountains. And somebody had posted that they had just bought a used Frontier, Pro 4X, and said, hey, I want to do all these trails up in the San Juans. Is it going to be okay? And I was waiting for the popcorn moment where all the memes came out and everybody jumped all over the the, the new Nissan owner, saying, no, it's not enough truck. There were so many people who said, that is an amazing truck. That was my first truck. I have fond memories of it. You'll have no... Put, put rock sliders,
9: good tires on it, and go have fun. Okay, so how about this, Sean? Because... I want to go explore the San Juan. Yes. I have never been up in those trails. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so how about we get together this year, and Sold. I'll bring one of our trucks Sold. out, and we go do it. Sold. All right. I, I, that would be killer. It would be
3: awesome. It is. The, the beauty is unmatched. There's some great technical trails. Yeah. Um, just amazing. And it's, great. it's got great towing capability, so I'll be in the... Uh, in, 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 the, in the Airstream in the in back? The yeah, no, yeah. not Airstream. <laughs> Just give me those little
2: tiny, crappy pup tents.
3: No, no, no. They have a no, we've got our rooftop, rooftop tent. tent so. Oh, okay. And, and for right. bed for your yeah. Frontier. Yeah. yeah. I mean. So, you know, it's, I always, you know, not because Nissan supports the show and we thank you for doing that, but I've always been a fan of the Frontier. And what people don't realize is there were a lot of firsts that came through Nissan trucks. We've talked about it before. The yep. bed storage on the Titan, the, the dual convex and concave mirrors on Utilitrax the toy Utilitrack system. Utilitrack yep. spray and bed liner, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And since 05, the Frontier has had a fully boxed frame. You get Bill Stein's, has a rear locker, has yep. full skid yep. plating. The, the, the beauty of the Frontier is that because it's got that F-Alpha architecture, those deep drawn frame rails, there's no transfer case or anything else hanging out below the the, uh, the bottom of the frame rail so you don't have all the stuff hanging down low everything's really protected on it and people just don't they don't even think about how great that truck is and even today that whole platform the last generation I'm so excited for the new truck because the new truck truly is uh, an amazing job but it's so awesome when I see people jumping into the old trucks and going, I had no idea this truck was this good.
9: Yeah. Talk to the guys. Four liter that V6. They're I mean, love, they it. love right. them. yeah. Stout, reliable, Four power liter V6,
3: six speed manual transmission, yep. you know, thirty-two inch tires, rear locker, billsteins. I mean you can go do whatever you have, full skid plating, tow hooks. Yep.
2: My brother just I think his what a what did he say? A twenty twelve? My brother, remember when we yeah, talked yeah. to him about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, this is way more truck than I had expected.
3: Yeah they're just a great great size and I was excited to see at Overland Expo when you see the new Frontier done up it just looks right like it's whatever the reason if it's the styling that lends itself well to the Overlanding setup but with a little bit of suspension a little beefier tire the bumpers the rooftop 10 on you go yeah okay I got it I I can see it you guys didn't grow the, the new truck. The new truck is basically the same size as yeah. the old truck.
9: And, and I was fortunate to be in a, in a previous life at Nissan in product planning. That was one of my programs. So I spent a lot of time on that. And I'll tell you, we actually went out to Colorado and talked to mid-sized truck owners. Yeah. And what And what our Frontier guys said is, don't make it bigger. Yeah, We like it this size. Yeah. Interesting. It's garageable,
3: it's maneuverable, it's a yeah. great size on the trail, all those yeah. things. Absolutely. Were
9: there forces pushing you to, to grow its size? You know, I think if you look at the industry, there's, yeah. a, and I don't know, in America, everywhere, right? Yeah. Everything just seems to be bigger is better. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> As he rubs his belly full of jelly. But uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad we resisted that somewhat yeah. and kept the size that we have, because it, it, it just flat out works. So
3: it's got to be pretty exciting for you to be on the product planning side to basically lay the groundwork for the new truck. New truck comes out, and now you're the guy that gets to accessorize that truck and make it even better. Yeah, well, and between
9: you and I, there's some things like we couldn't quite do on the truck program, and <laughs> yeah, now that, I'm like, hey, now that, that I'm here, I get <laughs> I to can do, do this yeah, right, so, nice. yeah so, absolutely. So what
3: are some of the things that um, we should be looking for that you're excited about? Maybe some things the, in this the is near where you future? Give maybe? away yeah, secrets? So, <laughs> so
9: what I will say is, you know, this is, we're, we're just at the beginning yeah. of this. I mean, this is year one. We're still, you know, we're still building up inventory and we're transforming our operation so that we can actually handle more business uh, because we know this is going to be a big area. But um, as soon as we get all the Frontier stuff done and in and going, we're going to start looking at the rest of our lineup. So there's this truck called Titan yep. that uh, yep. may not get a, love, a lot of love out there, but the people that own them love them. And, and so we're oh, going to be looking we, at Titan. We know, you, you yeah, talk to Titan, Titan owners. Well, yeah.
3: And very passionate. They, it's funny how many Titan owners you talk to. You'll talk to the average truck owner and they're so brand loyal and it's like, oh, I'm yep, only going to yep. buy this brand and I'm not going to look at anything else. You talk to a Titan owner who maybe either owned Nissans in the past or maybe owned import trucks in the past or maybe made that effort to jump over and try something new. And every one of them is like, best truck I ever had. Yeah, L- we love
2: this truck. We have yeah. listeners that have jumped ship after being lifelong fans of other brands. Yeah. They're like...
9: Hey, I went out and I yep. bought a bought a Titan, here you go. Yeah, it's a great over, you know, sadly overlooked truck in a lot of ways, yep. but we're going to we're going to put some love out there for our Titan owners. We're going to, you know, basically, you know, in a lot of ways replicate what we've done on Frontier for Titan. Awesome. That's our next one on the list, and then we're looking at some other things. So, uh, the new Pathfinder, for example. Yep. Uh, you know, it's not hardcore off-roader, but it's a very capable vehicle, and if you uh, swing by our booth later on and check out our Project Overland Pathfinder, which we did as a concept to see what maybe we could do with that. You know, I think there's some potential there, and then uh, you know we'll probably uh, look at some of the other vehicles, or go back and look at you know Xterra and, and, sure. and say, what more can we do? So yeah. honestly, super excited because I think sky's the limit. We're just just getting started. I, I know it's just day one here at the
3: uh, SEMA show, uh, and you probably haven't spent a whole lot of time interacting with people yet because it's still early. Has the initial response to the Frontier been pretty positive in the booth?
9: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really similar to what we saw at Overland Expo. Just people have have been, you know, really liking the direction we're going uh, with the... Uh, which is quite satisfying, and, and you know, um, and also with the Pathfinder guys saying like, "Wow, that's a Pathfinder! I had yeah. no idea. That's cool. I, I'd like one." So, yeah, so far so good. And then we've got our Rebel Rally truck there. Cool. And you know, we're really proud. We, we're the only manufacturer that supported that event from day one. Day one. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you know, but and now
3: every manufacturer gloms on like they've been there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and well, I love
9: it. And our teams. And here you guys this are year. like
2: early adopters. I mean, you're innovators, and uh, yeah, w- w- we've got to figure out how to get more credit where credit is due. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I think this podcast will solve. Of all that. Well, we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. Yeah. We're just but doing our parts. Do. Yeah, we're yeah. doing our part.
9: And rebel has been great for us. We, you know, put our prototype Nismo off-road parts on the truck last year, ran it, got feedback for the team, tested them. You know, it's a pretty punishing condition, so. Uh, You know, we're looking forward to see where that goes. Uh, We're also good at punishing trucks, so if you uh, ever ever need that, you let us know. I'm uh, I'm thinking that trip to the San Juan uh, sounds like something uh, we got to arrange. We should make that. If we only knew the guy. If we only knew the guy. Oh, you're pointing to the guy over here? Yeah. Yeah. I think he can. Dan Pass (laughs) over here?
3: Dan Pass. He's walking away pretending like he doesn't know us. Here's what's (laughs) sad about Dan Pass. Dan Pass had an assignment in Japan at Mm -hmm. corporate headquarters for like, what, three or four years? And so I would always see our, our one Japanese listener because I can see where the downloads happen. And once a week, there's always that one from Japan. And I go, oh, Dan, there Dan. Dan listen to the show. <laughs> so now he's back in the U.S. And he's going to facilitate some way for uh, Carl and Jay and I to go off-roading somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Preferably the San Juans. All right. Well, uh, Carl, congratulations on the success of launching Nismo back in the truck market. And uh, let's stay in touch because I, I this isn't, like you said, we're at the very beginning. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more news. And we'd love to know more about, you know, the,
9: the backside of water and how these parts come to be and, and sure. all that good stuff. So. Yeah, we'd love to talk to you guys about that. And uh, yeah, let's stay in touch for sure. Thanks for having do me. Do you have, um,
2: Carl, do you have stain-resistant carpet on the booth? Because we might drool Easy. when we okay. get there. Yeah. No, I'm just saying we're going to drool. 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 Got it. Yes, yes. I'm yes. seeing
9: nods at yes, it is stain-resistant. <laughs> okay. so, uh, yeah. so we're good there, guys.
3: All right. And on that note, thanks Carl. Okay. Thank I, you. Of course, you guys can head on down to your local Nissan dealership or NissanUSA.com to uh, check out Nissan's full lineup of vehicles and, of course, the Nissan Titan with a 5-year, Five
2: 100,000-mile warranty, the best in the business.
3: Yep. Alright, thank you, Carl. Thank you. Alright, Lightning, we have a special guest in the podcast studio here at the 2021 SEMA Show.
2: Now, hold on just a second. I'm looking at my notes and I see that we're talking barbecue again.
3: <laughs> He's now, got a <laughs> picture of a, a, a pig I on it, his shirt. Look yep. at and my, th- Next to an American flag. What, what does the
2: patch... This is right here.
3: What is that? That says Truck Show Podcast. And what is it right behind?
2: It Carrie, what does that say? Truck Show Podcast and, powered by and banks. Yet, and yet, what are we talking?
3: Uh, peg Leg Porker Barbecue. Barbecue. <laughs> well, this is, no, no, no. Hi. You have to understand. This if is, I leave all the guest booking to Holman over here, it's going to be food. Yes. Yes. This is Carrie Bringle, who owns Peg Leg Porker. But I'm telling you, there's a tie in. Okay. I'm all ears. I'm not ready to tell you the tie in yet. <sighs> He's been competing in barbecue for 27 years. And I, I don't know him. He came through. Our friend Jared. Jared, did hey, you bring any? Because we're starving. Yeah, we are starving. I didn't bring any. I can uh, ship you some next time. Okay. Th- uh, thanks for coming by. We'll right. see you Thank later. You. <laughs> so you know my love of barbecue, right? Yes, right yes. That is legendary on this show. Yes. I actually have peg leg porker barbecue seasoning that I've used in my pantry, and I've used it for my own pork butt. I I feel like there's a joke there. <laughs> there, there, there might be, but this is my point. Is this is serendipitous because. Kerry has come, and I've already used his barbecue seasoning. I already love what he's doing. Although I haven't eaten his meat yet, so. so oh, God. <laughs> so, this
2: is, it, is it like an idol? I, like, do you read, someday I'm going to meet the guy that makes this sauce? Dude, you,
3: you know that I make my own Dr. Pepper barbecue Are you sauce. having, like, an out-of-body experience right you, now? You know that I make my own brisket. Like, that's my deal. Like, yeah, I'm the brisket guy. Right. I love meeting other chefs who barbecue. Wait, wait, wait you just implied that you're a chef other people no, who you're barbecue. A you're
8: a short order cook, <laughs> uh, my friend. I'm a sous chef. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, let's introduce Kerry. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So l- before
3: we get into the reason why we're here, the tie-in that I've promised Lightning, mm-hmm. let's talk about you a little bit, maybe yeah. your background and, sure. and how Peg Leg Porker became a uh, thing. The company it is today. Yeah. yeah.
8: So I'm Kerry I'm Bringle. I'm the owner and pit master of Peg Leg Porker uh, Brands. We have a uh, barbecue restaurant in Nashville that's about eight and a half years old. The brand is about 20 years old. Uh, it's called Peg Leg Porker because I lost my leg uh, when I was 17 to bone cancer, and so uh, I created a brand out of it and made it something positive out of a negative, and uh, and that's where we are. I also am a spirits company. We manufacture smokers. We've got clothing, retail, oh and wholesale food You're just products. It. It's a it's a true barbecue lifestyle brand. And uh, today we unveiled something that even ties into that brand even more, and uh, is really an exciting announcement with with nissan today with us here at the uh, 2021 sema show all right so you went out and bought a
3: 2021 nissan titan yes and you said i need to make
8: this the ultimate smokehouse for cooking barbecue ultimate Pitmaster edition okay so i've been driving a titan since 2004 this is my third titan i had the xd and this wasn't a deal where
3: nissan gave you one and so you were forced into it. you love titans
8: love titans got another one and said i'm doing this my way yep i had gone out to the titan adventure in uh, 2019 to show the new 2020 trucks it had a great experience Uh, the nissan team is based out of franklin they're right down the road from us we've done some stuff together in the past I called my friend Josh and said, hey, I've got an idea. I think uh, we could do the ultimate pitmaster build. And uh, he said, well, it sounds great. What kind of grill or what kind of what do you want on there? And I said, you know, pitmasters pull smokers. Yeah. Uh, Tailgaters have grills on their trucks. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Exactly. But pitmasters may go into a remote area and go cook for a client or go do a wedding or go you know, just go out in a to a hunting lodge, wherever. I've actually pulled and, my
3: Weber, my yeah. 18-inch Weber Smoky Mountain, because I'm a tra- yeah. I'm a charcoal guy. There you go. I don't use those training wheel pellet yeah. things, okay? <laughs> I got. You. Uh, I bring my I bring my smoker out to the desert, yeah. And I did. Uh, my dad and I go out there with 50 people, yeah. Throw two giant briskets on there and cook for everybody. So there does you go. that do
8: I qualify for a pit pitmaster? you know you probably need a few more years to be called a <laughs> you know i'm i'm not the uh they, they don't call me an automotive guru like you guys all right, are. All right, so, fair, uh, enough, fair enough you know but uh, we, we this is a great truck and so the truck serves as a support system for that smoker and we pull a lot of different smokers we've got many different rigs we manufacture a line of smokers called the bmf 200 and I just published the book Barbecue for Dummies. So, anybody who wants to learn how to cook barbecue. BMF doesn't stand for peg leg porker. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. I, I'm guessing that yeah. I know what we BMF we, stands we for. We can't no. say it on this show. We, we, we won't can say it, but we have, have to believe it. it. I, yeah, no yeah. reason to believe it. Don't <laughs> make oh, yeah. me work harder after the show. <laughs> got, we don't need all the Hey, can I, can I ask
2: Kerry, what yeah. is it about the Nissan platforms that you like as opposed to the other brands?
8: You know, uh, there's a lot of great trucks out there. Uh, I've really liked Nissan, they're made in America down in Canton, Mississippi. Uh, their headquarters are in Franklin, so we've got a direct tie in Nashville, Tennessee. And you know, I like to support something that is uh, invested in our community and in the uh, community where, where we cook, which is the South. And uh, so the truck has been great. My first Titan was great. I, want, I went to the diesel. Uh, that was great at pulling a big 32 foot rig, but uh, I bought a smaller uh, a trailer and built a smaller rig and wanted to get back to a gas model Titan. And so uh, the, the 2021 Titan was, a, was an excellent choice. And then uh, turning it into the uh, turning it into the ultimate Pitmaster build was uh, something that I was really passionate about and found a great team to do it. We got great partners that uh, participated and a great uh, custom team that uh, has won some SEMA awards in the past. It's the LGE CTS. Customs oh, are, uh, yeah. out yep. of Palm Springs. Yep. Sarah and Teresa. you well, we know a, them well; good they, friends of ours. They did an amazing job, and they're, you know, uh, uh, Teresa's one of the best designers out there, and and Sarah sourced some of the best parts out there, and so it's a it's a hell of a truck that I'm really proud to own, and I'll be proud to take back to Nashville and cook on. How much weight did you throw in the bed? Uh, You know, we threw a custom pull-out uh, bed liner in there, so it'll hold 2,500 pounds. I don't know how much it weighs, but we've got a, we put a a custom burn pit in there that breaks down, so it's made out of quarter-inch plate steel. Wow. uh, And turns into a burn box if we want to cook like a whole hog on a cinder block pit. I wish I knew what and he was talking about. I do and well, it's
3: all good.
8: So, okay. so it's where we throw the logs in and then we can burn down to coals and then shovel those coals under a cinder block pit So well, let me ask well, hold you. on real quick, what's your wood of choice? Uh, we use hickory. That's native okay. to Tennessee and that's really indicative of Tennessee barbecue. Okay. And how hot is this thing getting? Will it hurt damage the vehicle? I mean what are you doing to no, it? No, 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 it? no, we're not getting we're not getting it hot. We pull that, we pull that out of the bed, we set it up, you know, over ah, by the smoker. Got it. And then we can burn down coals and shovel those coals. Also in the bed, we've got a Leitner custom rack system. Uh, we've tricked Our it out. Our friend Bernard, we know yep. him well, yeah. as well so we've tricked it out with um, with some of the supplies that I would need: gloves, charcoal chimney, uh, you know, uh, barbecue mops, stainless steel bowls, cleavers, knives, everything that we need to support that barbecue rig. We've got on that Leitner rack, including. A, uh, a a water vessel for a shower yeah and so when we're out there getting messy it's hydropod need to, or, yeah the hydropod where if we need to um, you know wash down a whole hog or something then we can do that and then also in the bed uh, Pelican uh, uh, provided us with a great rolling cooler that's dynamite and then in the back seat uh, only for use when you're stopped and stay in the night uh, but we made a custom bar out of a Pelican case, and the guys at gunfoam.com <laughs> did an amazing nice. job of cutting it out awesome. to fit all the different expressions of peg leg porker bourbon, and then rocks glasses and a shaker and a uh, and a Yeti peg leg porker tumbler why I,
3: I want to know more about yeah. his peg leg porker bourbon now. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm done with barbecue, we've moved on yeah. to spirits. This t- is, t- is a freaking entrepreneur more. right here.
8: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I own a spirits company, we're a non distilling producer, but. Um, We've got a line of award-winning bourbon. We've won gold, double gold, platinum medals at the SEP and the San Francisco World Spirits Awards. Uh, We've got uh, our white label, which is a four- to six-year-old, and that's our standard brand. We've had an eight-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 15-year-old Pitmaster Reserve that we released last year. had a peg-leg pig on the topper, (laughs) and uh, it was in a specialized nice wooden case with gold foil. And um, we're in about 10 states now. We're expanding to about two more this uh, in the first quarter. And then within the next two years, we'll go nationwide with the bourbon. Congratulations. I love Thank me some you. brown water. I love yeah. me some Tennessee barbecue. Well, you know, all these things go together. When we say it's a true lifestyle, like I said, a lot of people say they're, they're building a lifestyle brand. But we have, you know, we've got barbecue restaurants. We've got a bourbon. We got trucks. No, but when, when you, when you say smokers. we're a lifestyle
2: brand, you actually yeah. have to live it. You I'm, just can't say, "Oh, we're no. a lifestyle brand," because that's Absolutely. just BS. You have to no. be out there slugging it yeah. out every single day, yeah. being out with, the, with the,
3: the the people that are using Absolutely. your using your stuff. Absolutely. So, I wanted to go over some of the uh, the awesome companies that are involved in this build. So, uh, Amp Research. Yep. Uh, Bushwhacker, rugged liner, Mickey Thompson uh, tires and wheels, hmm. Rockford Fosgate, Lightner Designs, Rigid Industries. Oh, so he's got a banging oh, yeah.
2: sound system in there it, too. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Cargo Glide,
3: MagnaFlow, Pelican, uh, Daily. Our buddy Josh Daily, Daily Visual, did the uh, did the wrap on that. Okay, uh, Gunfoam.com, Truck Hero, uh, Hellwig, who we'll see uh, later yeah. at Yep, sway Thema. bars. Yep, uh, and LGECTS with our friends Sarah and uh, Teresa. Uh, doing the doing the build up. So if you guys want to see the build, you can go to uh, peglegporkertitan.digitalthrottle.com and you can see the build up in the truck. But well, that's just hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, come here.
2: Jared Strauss over, the PR guy over here. Can you get us a shorter a shorter URL? Well, it's actually peglegporkertitan.com. Peglegporkertitan.com. There we go.
8: peglegporkertitan.com the shorter but, one.
4: On, on on demand, how's that? <laughs>
8: And Perfect. you can check it out via our social channels. So uh, if you look us up, Pegleg Porker on Twitter, Instagram, uh, then you're going to find it uh, out there. And uh, I don't know we'll how I don't to follow
3: you, so I'm going to yeah. do that right now right. because
8: you are a man after my own heart. Oh, thank you. And the Digital Throttle team did an amazing job. Uh, you know they've shot video around the project and really documented the whole thing. We still have some more segments to go. Uh, where we're going to show the truck in use so everybody can actually see exactly why we built the truck the way that we did Are and how gonna, we use you it. Are you going to tour it around, Kerry? Uh, we're going to do a cook down at Barnsley Resort. It's called a swine and wine dinner down in uh, Daresville, Georgia. We'll be the first cook that we take this truck on. And I'm, I'm, I couldn't be any more excited. I, I've, been, uh, I've been anticipating this for the past four months. Um, this is my first time at SEMA. But, oh, uh, well, congratulations. This is the, uh, you know, this truck seems to be a culmination of, you know, 15, 20 years of hard work and coming together with uh, a team that I'm really proud to work with and honored to be a part of working with. And uh, I think the truck speaks for itself. All right, I have two questions for you.
3: Yeah. If I'm in Nashville, because I head out to see our friends at Nissan on a, yeah. a fairly regular basis, I'm out there a few sure. times a year,
8: uh, where would we find your restaurant? You can find Pegleg Porker in the Gulch. Uh, off of 8th Avenue in Nashville. We're close to downtown. And then on the 24th of this month, we open up a new restaurant called Bringle's Smokin' Oasis. It's a Texas-style place, and that'll be open in the nations. And then when you're flying in, uh, in January, you'll be able to uh, taste another concept that we did called Pig Star on the B Terminal in the Nashville airport. Oh, really? Yeah. Pigstar. Pig right. Star. Now, will you remember me if I tell you I was that guy from SEMA at the podcast, or do I have to bring Josh Clifton with me from Nissan? You you don't have your mask on, so I can recognize you. (laughs) uh, Absolutely. I meet a lot of people. You might just say, hey, truck show. And I, hey, all right. Okay. uh, All right. You know.
3: Well, I I hope there's something that Nissan's doing with this truck where we get to uh, get out and taste your barbecue. Nissan Mm -hmm. has a, a long line of uh, doing stuff with some great chefs. Uh, oh, Corey yeah. Barr, obviously a friend of ours. Yep. Uh, David Rose. A friend, uh, Corey Barr's been on the show a few yep. times. Yep. Yeah, Chris Lilly, Just great so, great people that we've yeah. had. I think with us, Nissan matches us because we love spirits and culinary and trucks and all that stuff. So I'm hoping that there's a way for us to
8: uh, to collaborate so I can put your food in my belly. That's Absolutely. basically what I'm saying, Gary. <laughs> <Carrie. laughs> very very simply. We, we would love to. And, and Nissan has done a great job of getting involved in the culinary community and and that's why uh, you know I think it was a great fit for the Pitmaster Ultimate Truck.
3: I, I love it. I'm going to head down to uh, the uh, the booth to see it in a little yeah. bit. And uh, does it kill you, Kerry, to to have to? look at it yeah. and then
2: have everyone look at it as well stop and, touching uh, my truck and then you, and you're and you like <laughs> if I could only just drive it out the back door you know door. what's going to happen the, the giant roll up door of, and then use it because yeah. of all the
3: fingerprints that are on yeah. it now mm-hmm. he's going to fire it up for the first time and everybody's fingerprints are going to be forever in that uh, yeah. in the metal he'll be <laughs> like, like man SEMA yeah. no
2: no no <laughs> Nissan puts a pretty good uh, clear coat on no, the truck no I'm trucks. talking about
3: all of his barbecue stuff on oh the back. that oh, yes. yes no no the Nissan's fine you'll wipe that right off yeah Yep. All right, well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And, hey guys, and congratulations on the success. That's awesome.
8: Thank you so much. I really appreciate y'all having me on. And uh, thanks to Nissan and Digital Throttle and LG CTS. Everybody did an amazing job on this truck. And thank you for making some really awesome barbecue seasonings. And I'm not just
3: saying that I've used them. I've been a customer. I love them. If, if somebody wanted to go get some barbecue seasoning, where yep. do they go?
8: Uh, you can go on our website, www.peglegporker.com. Go to shop. We can uh, ship you sauces or rubs. And, and you, you have it for everything,
3: not just pigs. You've got oh, yeah, yeah, no. whatever and, style and, you like.
8: And you can also, uh, through goldbelly.com, which you can get to through our website, order barbecue to be delivered anywhere in the United States. So oh, I've nice. actually done
3: Gold Belly before for yeah. my buddy who's from
8: uh,
3: um, Pittsburgh. And he there's a restaurant he loved up there, and I ordered it for him to do it. So I might do that for myself yeah. with, uh, with Peg Leg. I get
8: like some that. dry ribs delivered. Oh, man. Nice. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> All right.
2: So you order it. I'll come to your house, and you'll feed me. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Oh, this ended poorly. <laughs> <There>
8: you <go>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys.
6: The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck
3: Show. Oh, oh. Dude, that was a whirlwind for day one. I don't think we could squeeze another guest into a uh, eight-hour show like that.
2: I don't have the energy to say anything more. I'm spent. I'm dreading this evening because while you're at uh no, tomorrow night is your Lowry's.
3: Tonight what are you doing? I don't know. Uh waiting for you to send this file to me so we can put it online. Oh
2: dear god, it's gonna be so late. I'm so yeah. and, I'm so and sleep
3: deprived. I'm hosting a bunch of uh SEMA stuff and so I have to do all the preparation for all the guests and stuff on those yeah. as well. So Yeah, listen.
2: Thank you to all of our guests. We're we're, we're, we're stoked. We're blessed. Whatever it is, um, we're,
3: we're excited to be a part of uh, your lives. Yeah, hey, thanks for uh, listening to... I feel to... like I'm a little emotional now. You no, know, you're, you're not, not emotional. you just got low blood sugar. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks for listening to the Truck Show Podcast. I'm glad we uh, got through SEMA day one. we got to thank Banks. For, uh, hosting us in their booth this year. Super awesome. We also have to thank uh, our friends over at Nissan, NissanUSA.com. You can uh, check out the new Titan, the new Titan XP, the new Frontier, and our friends over at DirtLostParts.com. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. Lightning and I are getting out of here right now. We got a lot of work to do, so hopefully we can get this out to you ASAP and we do it all over again tomorrow. Kill me. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend
2: Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star
1: rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors.